This week's episode of the Pretty Neat Podcast is brought to you by you. That's right. If you'd like us to promote your content or your store, let us know by going to theprettyneatpodcast.com and clicking the mailbag. As says Angry Orchard Cider House is in Walden, New York. Hmm. Well, that's between Pennsylvania and Boston. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Walden, New York. Yeah, but they're probably owned by, you know, a larger conglomerate now. And they're likely brewed out of some more. Yeah. Uh, economical, fiscally economical, economic, economical. Wow. Yeah. Why does that sound so weird to say? Okay. <laughs> fiscally economical. Yeah, that that's right. Economical is the adjective form of economy. Economical. <laughs> economical <laughs> definition. <laughs> Giving good value or service in relation to the amount of money, time, or effort spent. Yeah, economical. It just sounds weird to say economical. Yeah. Economical. I think maybe it's a it's it's like a double a double uh not a double standard but saying fiscally economical it's just economical well i guess you could say fiscally because you're specifying that's the money that you're saving sure sure whereas economical can mean time or effort as well sure right. storage i stand by i stand by my uh original statement fiscally economical yeah, or as the the fellows with uh from Morning Combat would say, they they like when tables are economically organized. Ooh, yeah, that that's more Luke. That's more yes. Luke on the cable management. That very <laughs> economical on the use of of cables. I feel or, like or errant cables. Yes, <laughs> I feel like I should align with him more than BC. And and in a lot of ways I do, but I they're both excellent. Shout out, come on the Pretty Neat Podcast. Free shout that would out. Be, in fact, that would that would be amazing. <laughs> it would. That would that would be that would be amazing. And I can only imagine the amount of shit talking that they would do about us after the fact on their own show. I would love that. <laughs> they could dump on a couple of donks if they want. That's. Did you see them uh, talk about? what Mike Perry said on uh Bisbing's podcast? No. Like so uh so Mike Perry, right? Of of now notable bare knuckle fame, right? Yes. That's that's where he's making all of his his money these days. And he's doing quite well. So props to him, but uh there's been like a somewhat of a, like an ongoing thing between him <clears throat> and uh BC. And he huh. did a, a recent interview, but they were talking about you know, Mike Perry, what he's doing in the bare knuckle, bare knuckle space and just he's excelling. But the people that he's fighting are what? They're also former MMA fighters, uh, not necessarily in their prime, whereas he is a guy in his physical prime who's there now just like dominating. And like they took that type of assessment saying, hey, we'd want to see him fight more competition based off of things that Mike Perry has said post-fight in interviews, right? He wants somebody that can 
stay in there and bang with him. Mm-hmm. You no, know, as a, a paraphrase. Well, and he, Mike Julian Lang. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Perry took that and basically said like that MK was shitting on him. And and it just got totally blown out of proportion. I was like, I was losing my fucking mind. Uh, but anyway, that could be a little bit of a podcast for you to hear in the future. But yeah, to your original point, Morning Combat, come on the Pretty Neat Podcast. It's time for the Pretty Neat Podcast. I have a lot of thoughts right now. I want to know what all of them are. It upsets me that I sign in and you guys are already talking MMA without me. We're not. Well, it feels like you are. So perception is reality. <laughs> yeah, perception is reality. Uh, you like how I do that? We're talking you like about what you just saw. We're talking about bare knuckle. I uh, love this heat that's coming in. Just you open the door and you're like, <laughs> well, a blast of heat in your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What you, are you? you know the game we're playing. Yeah. What are you drinking, Dom? What are you guys drinking? Oh, the cider's back. Mm-hmm. As in gotta... Barry McCocken. <laughs> uh. No, that's a, that's a <laughs> yeah, that's a guy. His name is Barry. His last name is McCocken, and he has a cider cup. Because <laughs> I'm twelve. Uh, I like it. So the cider's back, Ryan. What do you have? Uh, I got a local IPA. No shout outs. Hold it up so I can see it. <laughs> then this will be the, the first video. Oh, yeah. We'll we, we shout them time. out all the time. Yeah. Stone, come on the show. Please do. Uh, I'm going to go this weekend, I think, and, and maybe nice. get some coffee. Um, I have. Work. Yeah, I have a red wine infused with espresso. Yum. Wow. That sounds good. It is. But, so uh, Apothic Wines, I'm sure you guys have seen those if you've been to a store. Yep. And I mean any <laughs> store. <laughs> um, they I was have, at the Walmart gas station uh, before this. So, yep. And that, yep, you've seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> their wine is not bad. They make an Inferno that's bourbon barrel aged that's pretty decent. Um, years ago, they had one infused with cold brew and it was wonderful. And now they don't make it anymore, which sucks. Um, but just recently, they've come out with this espresso version, and it's good. Interesting. Uh, speaking plus. of cold brew, Dom and, and Aaron, I was mm-hmm. telling you guys about the secret <clears throat> drink menu at the yes. Light Lounge. Uh, but not on the secret menu. On their actual cocktail menu, they do okay. have a cold brew with, uh, I believe it's a rum style drink i'm not mad at and, that and uh, while i didn't have it i did have an excellent uh they call it nectar in the rye and it was a rye whiskey and it was delightful mm. um but off of the secret menu ashley was like we 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 sat at the bar uh it was a reservation but they sat us at the bar and she's like oh secret menu i hear you guys have a dole whip drink and she's like, yeah, we do. Do you want it as a shot or a or a cocktail? And 
in uh in in being consistent with what we've been doing lately by going to the speakeasy in old town and then 1909 and doing those shots for tots, mm-hmm. tots i said yeah we're doing shots so they brought us uh two dole whip shots and they were more like shooters to be quite honest but tasted just like a boozy liquidy dole whip it was delightful so you know you can get a dole whip with alcohol at disney world i've never well i've never been to disney world i've been to epcot i've not been so in disney world I this wasn't makes me angry disney world is not a place you can go and you know that and you know better and don't ever say it again what do you what what <laughs> disney world is the area it's the area yeah we're talking about specific so if you've been to Epcot, you've been to Disney World, and I believe they have, at least to some extent, I believe you can get it there, but I'm pretty sure I had it at Hollywood Studios. Hmm. Yeah. Did it look like that? Um, In that original picture at the top of the screen in the, in the shot glasses, that is exactly what it looked like. Okay. And it was good? It was delightful. Okay. So the cold brew coffee cocktail is cold brew coffee heavy cream frangelico baileys kalua and agave topped with cinnamon i'm into that okay yeah they have one that caught my eye i was called the i think it was called the black pearl if i'm not mistaken oh here it is we have the fun wheel i don't see Uh, a black pearl on their menu earthquake they have one called over budget that's fun yeah the black pearl it's on the secret menu Mmm. Dark Caribbean sunset look with uh, raspberry, kick of Chambord, Sprite. Um, it looked darker when I saw somebody getting it made for them, uh, but it was it was great. They have one that's I, a Melrose. These are I all love like- everything about that. Um, I've been in, I've been drinking a lot of cocktails lately, so this sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. Ashley, uh, Ashley said we're living in our shot era right now. We've been, <laughs> we've been taking a lot of shots lately. <laughs> we're in our shot era. Good, for, good for you guys. I support it. Uh, it was great, and she also told me like, "Hey, uh, last week because it's a it's an interesting thing like going to Disneyland like before our passes are blacked out. We're we're just trying to cram in a, a visit a week." And uh, it's it's blacked out after this week, but mm-hmm. you should say that you know last Tuesday you got a little you got a little crazy, so you need to have to slow it down today. And I was like, we got we have food festival, <laughs> we have sip and savor, mm-hmm. we we have reservations at Lamplight Lounge, like, and this is our last Disney trip until December. Like it's it's going down. This is this is full send. So. <laughs> We will be upgrading our passes in February. I think the window opens in January so we can get some weekend availability because I can't just take days off during the week really anymore, which sucks. So that's what we'll be doing. So yeah. my wife my wife has the one pass level above me where you get half off parking. Yeah. And then I have the one below that, but it also has the expanded um, availability, which is why we've been able to go into... Uh, essentially mid-December. Oh, so did you guys upgrade them then? Yeah, we did. Because uh, I was going to say, at one point, you had the, the lowest one, right? I did. Um, Which one do you have? Uh, the Enchant, maybe? I will tell you. How was your birthday, um, Dom? 
Oh, hey. It was good. <laughs> I worked, so that sucked. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, be an adult, you know. It's, we always work on our birthdays now. <laughs> that is true. I never used to. It was like a big a big thing for me. And, and now yeah. I do. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she has the believe, so I have the enchant. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll be going up to enchant keys, which do have some weekends, right? Or at least Sundays. Yeah, Sundays. Yeah, Sundays. That's uh, we were also discussing Sundays because apparently, I think it's also at the Lamplight Lounge they do a brunch. Ooh, and uh, it sounded sounded good. Yeah, it did. Apparently, Sunday is the day to go now. Is it like super mm-hmm. light on a That's Sunday? That's what I've heard. Yeah. Easy like Sunday morning? Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would I would I would enjoy uh weekend availability. Weekends are uh premium. Premium. Well, if you me. if if you have the enchant, you've got some. Yeah, we just we never go on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's been your That's your uh Disney Corner break yeah. uh recap. Highlight. Yep. We're gonna need a drop. So let's <laughs> let's just briefly, because the more I read about it, the more it pisses me off. So your boy Shohei Otani, right? It's old news at this point. Signs this massive fucking deal with the Dodgers, but then the more details that come out about it, the weirder it kind of gets. Yeah. So an unprecedented 90%, literally $680 million is deferred until the 10-year window after this 10-year contract, so 2034. Yep. And then it comes out today. uh, Oh, so the deal has not gone to the league for approval yet, which is interesting. But um, if either Mark Walter, who is the controlling owner, and... Or and or president of baseball operations Andrew Friedman, who's been there for quite a while. If either of them leaves the organization, Otani gets to get out of the contract at the end of that season. Yep, I read that as well. That's essentially is what that is saying. Without me knowing anything about those individuals, that he believes if they were to leave the organization, that it could mean a change in operational excellence, excellence. which is what they have been. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought as well. I just don't know how much of this should be allowed. I am a a real oh wow Draymond Green was suspended indefinitely. Did you see that? I did. For uh, I also saw that his agent, the Warriors general manager, and someone else, perhaps a league official, were meeting on Thursday to discuss counseling, probably anger management counseling. He for him. he probably should be removed at this point. I, I hate to fair? say that. What do you, you think is fair? Because we're talking about on the court incidents of violence multiple times now, multiple times. Ja Morant, who also Ja should have got him. the whole season, as far as I'm concerned. Ja got 25 games, but he should have got the whole season. Okay, and he didn't. Did you read the ESPN article on him like six weeks ago uh, about Ja Morant? No, recently I thought you were going to bring up how he was testifying in court about him. Oh yeah, yeah. Punching a 17-year-old, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. in self-defense <laughs> uh, at a home pickup basketball game. What do you think about the, that, Aaron? Uh, <laughs> that's dumb. No? 
he's, he's lucky probably, it wasn't Anthony Smith's home. He, he probably had the reach advantage. Um, I say that because Anthony Smith did beat the shit out of a home intruder one time. Um, mm-hmm. Sean John, here's the thing. No, Anthony Smith too. Oh yeah, so both of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, John Morant. If that was an isolated incident, I could get there for him, but it's not. And the ESPN article from a, from like two months ago was not kind. Um, basically saying without saying that he doesn't get it. He does not see the error in his ways. And a lot of people in the Memphis organization are pretty concerned that it's not going to change. Um, you can't be flashing a gun on social media at a strip club. And then again, in a car and his friend business partner guy pointing it at the Pacers traveling bus. Like you can't do that. Um, so I think he should have got the whole year. I think it definitely is correct for Draymond. This is this is like 12 years of incidents they've had. He's had ample opportunity. What do you think? Uh, so he has a track record. It is clearly escalating. Uh, and it's escalating at a more rapid pace now. So I think indefinitely initially is the right call. However, uh, what I'm looking forward is the NBA to remain consistent in the type of punishment that they dole out. Because, and, and this is not necessarily a defense of Draymond Green, mm-hmm. but, you know, he, he, in my opinion, in my perspective, gets far more harsh criticism than what Jean Morant was getting from the league yes. because of what Jean Morant potentially means. Who sells more jerseys, Ryan? Why do you think that is? <laughs> Well, I don't have the figures in front of me. But, uh, but if, if you had to guess. guess. If I had to guess, <laughs> I would say that John Morant probably sells a shitload more of jerseys than Draymond Green does, and that people that buy Draymond Green jerseys probably are leaning into the fact that he is a, a violent player, and they 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 are kind of just leaning into that whole mm-hmm. aspect of it. They're probably also... Uh, you know, they're probably at January, the January 6th or sixth or Jaw is sixth in the league. Wow. As of right now, this year? This is uh 2023, it says. Well, for last year, he was sixth. For 2022, 2023. It was Curry, okay. LeBron, Giannis, Luca, Kevin Durant, and then John Moran. <clears throat> Damn. So Good job by you, NBA media arm that controls the the way that people view your young stars and guys that don't move the needle like Draymond. Um, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, so he can opt out if the, if Otani can opt out if those two either one of those two guys exits and ninety percent of his contract is deferred. I am all for an open market. I am all for sort of free market capitalism. I'm all for creative uh, contracts. This kind of feels like they're getting away with something. Is that am I on am I on the wrong side of this? I'm I'm really yeah. trying to figure out. No, no, no. Just the the level of talent, the amount that he will get paid with the just the the vast majority of it, right? Nine out of ten dollars essentially getting paid after the contract expires. And that's and that's in large part because he's so marketable that he can still make a large sum of money every year with sponsorships. 
So he made north of thirty million dollars in sponsorships alone last year. Um, he'll he'll make more. He will Rogers. make he'll make a little bit more. Um, the estimated local net impact to the economy is in whatever city he plays in is four hundred and forty four million dollars per year. So hard to say he's not worth it. It just feels like by doing this deferral and giving him that opt-out clause, like this is this is uncharted waters for sure. And it's gonna be really, really interesting to see like where it goes from here, you know? Yeah, like just the the escalation for mm-hmm. more players. Yeah, I understand that completely. Also, <clears throat> you know, this is relatively new news, right? Yesterday at the park. I saw a woman in a Nike Dodgers Shohei Shohei Otani jersey, baseball jersey, Dodger Hmm. blue. I was like, wow, that's where'd you get that really fast, right? Over by uh, Grizzly River Rapids. We were uh, waiting in line to take our picture with Doug the dog from up, even though I haven't seen that movie. Hmm. Yep. Have you seen that movie yet? Well, I don't know. It whatever. Good for them if they want to do it. I suppose. I I think it kind of the thing nobody's saying. He really doesn't care. I guess about the team after he stops playing, does he? Because seventy million a year for a guy who's not on the team is is a tough. To me, a tough pill to swallow. But I'm not the one paying it. So either that, or you could take it in as he really cares about the team as he's playing for them so that they can spend additional money to be as competitive as possible. But then they've got to pay him 70 million a year when he's not playing. Yeah, they do. (laughs) And if that doesn't count against their luxury tax number, then I think they are getting away with something. I've (laughs) I've heard, I've heard both people, both kind of takes on that. I don't know which one is, the real one. Some people say it doesn't get them out of it. Some people say it does. I really don't care. Um, I, I just, the whole thing just seems, I don't know, strange to me. But what do I know? What do I know? That was aliens. Thanks. I was hoping it'd be weirder music. It wasn't. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. That was yeah. that. <laughs> that was that. I'm not upset the Angels didn't do it. I'll say that. And people might think I'm just saying that. I'm not. I before all this contract, I said I think they could be better without him. I don't know if I'm right or wrong about that. I'm probably wrong. But that type of deal is stupid. Why? I mean, I guess if you're the Dodgers, and I still don't necessarily, I whatever. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> unless one, talk. unless one of you does, in which case we can. <laughs> I, you know. No, I, I am interested in just uh, what what is that impact on the luxury tax for the team when the deferred payments do come come due? And uh, there's a San Diego Union Tribune article about it, which uh, I'll skim through. The and, Union uh, Trib. U-trib. U-trib. S-D-U-T. Mm-hmm. So it says, the per- for the purpose of baseball's luxury tax, the contract is valued as a yearly addition to the Dodgers' payroll of about $46 million, 
Under the current collective bargaining agreement for calculation of a team's tax payroll, the value of deferred money is discounted at the federal midterm rate. Um, for all agreements this offseason, the discounting will be at the October 2023 rate of 4.43%. Mm-hmm. So they're saying the deferred money is calculated at that rate of 4.43%. So they're going to pay some tax on it. They're going to pay some, but largely reducing their overall payroll, which allows them the flexibility to assign additional people or trade for top tier talent and not pay a steep luxury tax. Yeah. Well, they figured it out then, I guess. I, I don't know. You know, okay, good for them. Um, it, it really makes it very clear he was never going to stay with the Angels. So. Whatever. You know, it's not that they uh, had him, didn't sniff 500, so whatever. Let's trade Trout, blow it up. Trade Trout to the Phillies. Mm, I don't know. I'm torn on it. <laughs> you can't have that man continue to play in the Angels with no hope of any type of rebound. There's some, currently. you know what the Ewing theory is? Uh, no. The Bill Simmons thing. So Bill Simmons noted sportscaster. He coined the Ewing theory, um, which is a star athlete receives an inordinate amount of media attention and fan interest. Yet the team never wins. And then when the player leaves, the team wins. I see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Seattle Mariners, Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez. Yep. But the the Mariners didn't win anything. Um. Well, so this article was May 9th, 2001. Okay. So that Mariners team, I think, had the most wins in regular season history. Also, the New York Knicks didn't win a championship after Ewing left. But they got there. They lost to the Tim Duncan, David Robinson uh, Spurs. Okay, we got to the NBA Finals and we still didn't win. Hey, the Angels didn't get to the playoffs. <laughs> like, some of this is a, is a stretch, man. We're talking about college. It's 2001, sports. dude. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins of 2000? Oh, my God. Okay. All right, let me let me get off this from this article from 20 plus years ago. Um uh, it's interesting and, and Bill Simmons is always good for some takes. Um shout out to to Bill Simmons the hottest take which is now defunct, but you can go mm-hmm. back and listen to 10-minute podcasts of a round table of people that are writers and um podcasters on his um Network, network that yeah. just have hot takes on topics it's yeah it's it's fun it's fun. Uh-huh. it's a t- 10 minutes of fun anyway anyway uh, we'll see what happens who cares it's yes. december we, we've got like <laughs> six or eight weeks until baseball really gets going again yeah let's uh let's talk some fisticuffs Ooh. that was the sound of your dong coming out dude uh, and my birthday was good. Thank you for asking. 
<laughs> you well, worked. Did you do anything else besides work? We're going to Stone on Saturday for lunch, and then I'm going to come home and watch UFC. Um, nice. Fantastic. That's about it. Yeah, I'm going to buy some of the Stone Brewing or Stone Coffee Company coffee. Um, probably get drunk on the couch or maybe in the hot tub or both. <laughs> at the probably same both. time. At the same time. Naked. How else would you do it? <laughs> Not with clothes on. And even if I had clothes on, I'd be naked. So fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there were fights. Mm. There were fights. We hey, got Aaron, how do we, how do we, I was going to say, how do we do on our, our picks? Not terrible. We cashed three out of four now. Yeah, we, we're definitely we're definitely just hitting average right now. <laughs> yeah, we hit Tatsuro Tyra, who indeed landed less than 45 strikes. We hit Mini Kelvin, who landed less than 75 strikes. Khalil Roundtree, we knew that was going more than six and a half minutes. Let's talk we... about the ending to that fight for just a second. Yeah, with well, Anthony that, like, Smith. Dramatic display of of restraint. Or I like potential violence. Am now a huge Khalil Roundtree fan, and you guys know he used to weigh 400 pounds. Oh, it was you that told me that. Yes. Yeah, I was basically making a commentary around how underutilized yeah. his success story is, and mm -hmm. just him picking up MMA for fitness, and now he's fighting in the UFC, and he's a top 10 ranked UFC light heavyweight fighter. Mm -hmm. That he spent some time in uh, Thailand doing kickboxing as well. He did. It's where he has those. Really learned those devastating low leg kicks. They're a nightmare. Crazy stuff, man. Nightmare guy. For him, you know the fucking determination it takes to go from 400 to 205, no, no, not to mention fighting in the fucking UFC. Yeah. To like, an athletic career. Dude. Yeah. To be 400 pounds to then being like, he had that within him the whole time to be this top tier type of athletic yeah. person mm -hmm. and he just had to find it and mm -hmm. be consistent in his willingness to go to where he needed to go i uh i love it me too shout out clear roundtree and thank you for not just absolutely destroying anthony smith which you could have mm -hmm. yeah you, you know if he pounced like any other fighter would have and landed at least you know, depending on the referee, two to 15 more strikes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he just showed restraint and knew that he was done and allowed the referee to to acknowledge that and then prevent any further damage. Like, tip of the cap. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. And we knew Song Yudong was going to get less than 115. We nailed that. Long decision, control, not a lot of scoring. Total, like, control of the fight dominance but mm -hmm. um boring I, yeah like not yeah <laughs> you, you want it to be exciting it wasn't yeah Piotr yawn uh posted on social media a yawning emoji <laughs> i actually think that'd be a good fight um or like dominic cruz or something like that would be or song yeah yeah. yeah, I just don't know. 
I didn't bring up. It, the there's rank. there's a four or five guy log jam at the top of this division that. Yeah, one thirty five. Yeah. So yeah, so two oh, and Davison would be good too. Both coming off wins. That. that might be the fight. Yeah, and there's recent. Yeah, both of those cut that. There it is. That's the fight. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then we we missed on the Iron Turtle, uh, who landed unfortunately three too few strikes, and uh, Park Hyun Sung we almost had. I mean, it went nine minutes instead of five, and we picked uh, under five. But it was pure domination for the last four minutes of the first round, and I thought it was going to be over. <laughs> yeah, I think you and I, Aaron, were the ones like messaging back and forth. It, it just there are at least two solid moments where you're like, "Yep, here's a first round submission." Oh, yep. nope, he got out of it. Oh, he took the back again. It was just choke after choke after choke, and I mean, shout out to his his opponent, Shannon Ross, who like his average fantasy score was like less than a point coming in because he had suffered first round KOs. His ability to defend and, and scramble on the ground was commendable. Yeah, good job. Uh, it's just unfortunate for us because had he not like resisted that as hard, we we definitely would have hit five out of six. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, Junyeon Park, that was a that was a real that was a real shit deal because he originally at the original estimate was over the thirty four five and then they I did a recalculation. That. I was like, motherfucker. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, that was sad. But I, I feel good. I feel good about uh about this upcoming 296. I feel like a, there's a lot of clear people that I feel are going to win is just a matter yeah, of us talking through how they're going to do it or what our limit or what kind of parameters we're going to put on them. I totally agree with that. And there, there are like two or three fights that I think we should talk about. But we're not going to make picks on. There are five ranked fighters on the early prelims. Dude, yeah. this card uh, in terms of top to bottom. Solid. It's pretty you, good. You want to, you want to watch, you want to watch, like, not that it. we don't watch all the fights because we no, do. It's all of it for sure. We really want to watch all of the fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Martin Boudet, the heavyweight against Shamil Gaziv, that that counts because he's number 15, but also not. And then Tagir Ulenbekov and Cody Durden and Alonzo Manifield and Dustin Jacoby finish out the early prelims. Dude. And now it's time for the Pretty Neat Podcast picks. Six, 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 six. Uh, before that, <laughs> we talked about Christmas Vacation. Yeah. The movie? Yes. Yep. We watched it yesterday. And? I love it. I've seen it. I mean, I, I can recall from my earliest memories it being in my family's library. Riley I'm willing to bet it. I could type out every word. Dude, easy. <laughs> But Riley had never seen it. That is <laughs> not okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was shocked 
uh, and and she very much so enjoyed it. Okay, good. I was I was curious because I did kind of wonder if it's the type of movie that if you didn't see when you were little, if it sort of holds up the same way. You have the same attachment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we had it, a similar experience. Ashley had never seen Scrooged, the Bill Murray Christmas Carol. Ooh, take. I've never seen Scrooged. Yeah, really? Oh, you mm. would love Scrooged. Would I? I think you would. It's a great take on the uh, Christmas Carol. And Bill Murray's brother is in Christmas Vacation. He plays Chevy Chase's boss. What? Yeah. Have you never seen Bill Murray's brother? <laughs> I don't think you're telling me the truth. <laughs> you're like, so. what? Bill Murray doesn't have a brother? <laughs> It's not only does Bill Murray that's have Bill a brother, Murray's brother, yes, but not only does Bill Murray have a brother, his brother. Oh, this is fucking Christmas story. Um, but his brother looks just <laughs> like him in the eyes. When you point it out, I I can't unsee it now. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Because you're like, oh shit, that's totally Bill Murray's brother. <laughs> wow, where is it? Uh, I just got to look for Murray. Uh, Sam Mc... Oh, that's Sam McMurray. Did I pass it? No. His name is uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Okay, that, that may makes it easier. Yeah. And he's in a lot of shit. Caddy, a lot of Murray's movie. Oh, that fucking guy? Yeah. He's the guy from... He's, uh, he's the guy from Wayne's World. Yes, the, yep. the big executive. There he is in Christmas Story. But look at his eyes. That's yep, just right. Bill Murray. <laughs> you're right. It's pretty wild. Oh, and there he is on SNL. Doing Weekend Update. That's good weird. for him. I didn't know he was on SNL. So I'm glad she that. liked it. It's a very good movie. Um, And I and, will be watching it on Friday when my actual Christmas vacation starts. Nice. And it, uh, it does hold up. Excellent. We watch it every year. I know it holds up. Shitter's full. Shitter's That's what full. my Christmas sweater says. <laughs> and it has a big RV on it. <laughs> and, hang on. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> Look. Uh, you... Oh, no. It's oh, blurring. no. It's blurred. Here, See that? In, like your and then chest. The, Pretend the you're RV. wearing it. Right? <laughs> There, there we go. go. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Whatever. You know, I couldn't wear <laughs> It was ugly sweater day at work today. Obviously, I couldn't wear that, which is, you know, it is what it is. Well, it's unfortunate. I have a Hanukkah sweater that has dreidels on it and says, That's how I roll. <laughs> I have a pretty good uh, Joe Biden one that says, uh, Merry Fourth of Easter or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't wear that one either. Uh, <laughs> I like well. it. So yeah, Christmas story, it passed. Um, and then it sparked a discussion about how it is less raunchy than both vacation and European vacation. Mm -hmm. And uh, she actually had just recently listened to a podcast about how Christmas vacation actually started the de-raunchification of National Lampoon. Oh, interesting. Um, and yeah, so even though they did end up returning to that more so with like van wilder and and those yeah. movies uh it they did start like a family friendly section in there hence vegas vacation 
which is almost not raunchy at all. Yep. Uh, and I would almost um, say that's the most kid friendly. There's tits in the first one. European, yeah, Beverly D'Angelo. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do think being like a four or maybe not four or five. That's pretty early for any uh, adolescent fantasies. Fantasies, but I do think his like the swimming pool daydream that he has with the chick from the makeup counter or whatever is like. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first times I was like, hmm. Mm. I understand the sound effect. The diving board. Well, why did she made. forget her swimsuit? <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, like to know what's where where the rest of her went. And then she almost comes out of the water all the way. Yeah. Oh, I know the scene. Edging everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, yeah, UFC 296 is going to be happening. As, at- <laughs> as we were saying. Uh, UFC 296 is happening this weekend at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the last UFC card of any type in this calendar mm-hmm. year. Um, and I'm okay with it. I am too. This is going out with a bang. This before is... we before we bang our way into 296, <laughs> Ryan, do you want to do you want to talk about it or you want to skip it? Justin Herbert, yeah. Wow, is that what you was that what you meant? I, I that is that is what I mean. Yes. Damn. I, uh, did that. Uh, the proposed tickets. trade of Justin Herbert to the Rams for Sean McVay is that what you're talking no, about? No, no, the Rams would never <laughs> do that. It's uh, I will give you at the end of the season Stafford and this year's first round pick for him. No, you're not. You're not even getting close to the value. I, I bet the Chargers would do it. I don't think they would. Okay. So here's what's likely to happen, right? The Chargers Staley, definitely would not do it. They would definitely would not do it. No Staley, team would. No team would. Staley goes, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the season, at this point, you tank and keep him, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you keep him. You, uh, you suck it up. You know what really sucks? You know what really fucking sucks? You have tickets to that Buffalo game. <laughs> yeah. Which... Aaron, we used now... to work with a guy that looks just like that. Yes, we that did. guy's on the card. How the fuck is that <laughs> fat bastard on the card? <laughs> He's a pro athlete and we're not. That's a bummer. Oh no. <laughs> I'm less yeah, speaking no, of he... speaking of, where has our favorite America's favorite professional athlete been? We haven't Chris seen that. Curtis. I can't Chris Kurt. No, not Chris no. Curtis. What is his name? He's technically Spanish, but also from America. Oh, I know exactly your time. We haven't about. seen that guy in a long time. He's he he might be ranked at this point. The I guy who does so. somersaults. It is Chris something, right? It is. Yeah, we're we're like we're right there. We're on the precipice of what his name is, actually. But fat UFC fighter, Mark Hunt. Oh, no. no, definitely not. Uh, Daniel Cormier is number one on this website. That's a bummer. Chris Barnett. Chris, Chris Barnett, Barnett. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. You know what I looked up? Fat UFC Spanish fighter who did. There you go. <laughs> there he is. Beast boy. Bad boy. I want to Sorry, Chris. Anyway. Um, Chris could make 205. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, just like we talked about Khalil. Khalil. Sorry. He, he pronounces his name Khalil. Yeah. 
uh, Chris Barnett can make 205. Chris yeah. Barnett, with the same discipline that Khalil exemplifies, could probably make 185. Chris Barnett might be the greatest athlete on earth. And there's an argument for it. Anyway, Justin Herbert, continue in the Chargers. Justin Herbert. Uh, yeah, really fucking sucks that. So obviously, I, you're still going to the game a week from Saturday, right? Still going to the game. Are you uh, Are you hoping for a loss? I'm I'm hoping that it. No, I would still like them to beat the Buffalo Bills. Okay. If, just in terms of the viewing pleasure of my in-laws, specifically my mother-in-law, who has not been to a Chargers game since they were in San Diego when we had What do we call tickets. her? The Immortal Cliff and what? Uh, Patty. I know Patty, but what is her what is her title? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Keep she, she doesn't she doesn't ha- currently have a title. I thought she did. Anyhow, it's all right. Uh I would like I would be okay with a loss because of what it means for draft picks. Mm-hmm. However, to maximize the experience of of Cliff and Patty, I would like to see them win. Okay. Now here's the real shitty part. I think that game gets flexed out of the the evening, the 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 five twenty spot. I think it's oh. flexed out, which is really going to throw a wrench into the plans for that day, because we have a family member flying in this weekend that uh, my in laws are picking up, and it's going to stay the week, and we're going to have a dinner and etc. But the plan was that we're going to take her to the airport early that saturday mm-hmm. and then go to the game and if it gets flexed to the early game so she might be going to the airport really early is what you're like, saying <laughs> like you know what here's uh we're gonna call we're gonna call you an uber or, or something like that i don't know but yeah anyway i i expect it to get flexed out just because it's now no longer intriguing at all and but it could mean playing. something for the bills still it, technically the chargers could still be in the playoff hunt they will oh. not have Justin. Uh, I don't like when Allen. you say the Chargers could still be in the playoff hunt. Technically, yeah. I don't like when you say that because right now they are they are twelfth, and does it cut off at seven? Yes, it does. So they are well. They are two games behind Indy. So a lot of things have to happen, right? There's a lot of variables at play. Mm-hmm. They do have to beat the Raiders, which is the Thursday game tomorrow. Yep. No Justin Herbert, no Keenan Allen. The Raiders are That's, a bad team. The Raiders are bad, but they're the kind of bad team that plays well against division rivals. So I expect them to win. <laughs> the Raiders, that is. Uh, and then the following week, they're playing the Bills. And... Either way, we'll figure it out in case we have to go there for a one o'clock start time. That's fine. We'll make it work um, and it, we'll have a good time anyway. So, yeah. Cliff okay. and Patty are, you know, they're they're fantastic individuals. Mookie they Betts, every day, second baseman for the Dodgers next year. I love it. It's going to be exciting to see him and Shohei play together. Yes, it is. And Freddie Freeman. Dude. So how how do how do you think that lineup works? Do you have Mookie Betts? Lead he off? he leads off, then Otani, then Freeman, or Freeman and Otani. You can do it either way. 
Why is Leon just floating around Mookie's? So my Rams, who the referees decided, hey, you're allowed to, uh, you guys have to deal with five blocks in the back on a punt return. And we're going <laughs> to let the Ravens beat you, even though everyone who watched this game knows you really should have won. Um, the Rams played much better against a good Ravens team than anyone expected them to. Um, and they were seven and a half point underdogs. They covered that and they, they really should have won whatever. So they find themselves at six and seven, a tiebreaker out of the final playoff spot because they lost that bullshit game to green Bay when Stafford didn't play. Um, (laughs) but they have Washington on Sunday, very winnable game Thursday night against new Orleans. I'm going to that game. Very excited for it. Also a winnable game, but a little tougher than Washington. Then the Giants, a very winnable game. So they very well could be 9-7 and seven going into that final week, and they play my favorite, the 49ers. So. And we suspect that the 49ers would be playing for what? Home field advantage? Maybe not even that at that maybe point. So it will depend. I think, though, Shanahan likes to beat the Rams, so I expect him to throw the book at him. Um, the fact of the matter is the fact that the Rams are even in this position when people literally thought they were going to have the worst record in the league, you all can go fuck yourselves. How about that? Hey, Hey, let's, uh, let's, 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 uh, shed some not, light on things. Not you two. Yeah. Not you two. Everybody who, which neither of you picked them to have the worst record. <laughs> Everybody who picked them to have the worst record. Go fuck yourself. This is a the, team that's a year removed from winning the Super Bowl, okay? Go ahead. Just they're an line. exceptionally well-run organization. Mm-hmm. It was concerning, like, the youth movement that they're experiencing while trading away some proven talents. Now, Jalen Ramsey, as we know, is a bit of a head case, but he is a talented player. Mm-hmm. Witherspoon has has been a uh, quite the revelation on the outside on playing cornerback this year. Yeah, uh, your second round pick Ernest Jones, yes, has been excellent. Yep, Just Russ East, very good. Yes, and uh, the interior lineman. Um, what ter- there's turn there's a couple of them, but. The one that has been playing very well recently is Kobe Turner. What is this? What is this that you're doing? <laughs> what is this abomination? It's why uh, why is uh why Shavkat is Shavkat Otani? Shavkat Otani? Otani. <laughs> it's a great name. Let's let's be honest. It's a great name. Yeah, well he's he's gonna be uh I'm working on the out the podcast cover art. You know that Shavkat would wishes he was Shohei Otani. Well, who doesn't? Shohei makes a lot more money than Shavkat does. Yeah. Um. Okay. UFC 298, 296 rather is here. Um. <laughs> yes, it is. We already started talking about it. So. <laughs> The first Are, is this is this right? Randy Brown is the early prelim curtain jerker. <laughs> the first fight is that's rude fucking boy. wild. Pretty good. Yeah, that's insane. 
That's going to be really, really fun. This now, first correct, fight, correct me if I'm wrong. Muslim, right? Muslim Salikov, he's the, the guy who throws a lot of spinny shit. He does throw but, spinny shit. That's not a lie, but he's a grappler as well. Like, uh, he's he's pretty significantly grappling. Uh, but yeah, look at those. Look at that. 70% of his wins are by knockout. Yeah, but like, also, look at his average fight time. It's it's longer than than fucking Randy Brown's. And Randy Brown, basically, 85 times out of 100, goes to decision. What is that? What is that even? That, I don't know. That, that's MMA math for you. Very much so. Take the under on significant strikes for Randy Brown, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, are we picking 12? No, 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 no. <laughs> or the over on fight time. I don't even know what it is, but yeah. how about this? Don't bet in any way on this fight. 12 and yeah. a half minutes for fight time. I, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, I think the first one really worth talking about is Cody Garbrandt, Brian Keller at Bantamweight. All right. So neither are ranked. ranked. Neither are ranked. Cody has displayed a, a massive degradation and punch re- punch resistant right R- resistance he, he's trying to change his style what i have seen right this is just my observation is that when he gets pressured he reverts back to well i'm just gonna fucking wing a wild overhand and try and knock you out which mm-hmm. is not good for defense now brian boom kelleher hasn't fought in I want to say like three or four years because he had two years. Oh, not even that long. What am I thinking? It was so he, kinda, had a, he had two losses. He has a, he had a neck procedure. Did you guys hear about this? The, the neck injury that he had and how they fixed it. Mm-mm. So they were saying it was a uh, similar to what Aljamain Sterling had and how you fix this is they actually do a procedure where almost like a uh, a tracheotomy, right? Where they make an incision here, the front of your throat to get access to the part of your neck to yeah. make the repairs for the vertebrae. That's wild. Um, but this is his first fight back. And How I'm, bad does my neck hurt? Because I'm I'm not having that surgery. We're gonna go in through here. Mm-mm, no, you're not. Uh, no, you're not. Uh, anyway, this is. I struggle with this one. I struggle. Like Aaron, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Brian Kelleher here, and this is for somebody who just appreciates what Cody Garbrandt has done, but he's not the same person. Yeah, yeah, that's. Tr- I mean, I he he's not. Um, I all this is also. He Not hasn't looked good one. in damn near five years. Yeah. No, seven years. Like it's like, and he had that even when he beat a Sun Sao. It was the same thing where it was yeah. that pressure against the fence, and he just did this like massive, yeah. super. Kelleher's gonna dive in in those pressure situations. He's not gonna throw. He's Maybe. he's gonna grapple and try and get it down because he'll want to submit him. Is is my guess. Because you kind of have to fight Cody that way. You you can't be in a phone booth with him. 
And I, I almost kind of worry that that is what's going to happen. Like I'm, I'm kind of leaning Cody on this one. Uh, I mean, maybe it's the, maybe it's the, um, strike differential being, but even still it's higher on Brian. So it's that, almost the same. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously almost, it's almost the same. We can see that by the numbers, Brian is outputting more, which would maybe lend to him being the more aggressive of the two. But he is, absorbs more. But it's uh, they both it's, do. So it's, it just means that they're they, they, unless Cody stays really disciplined, he's just gonna wing fucking shots. I would like to see him use some of this wrestling he apparently has. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he a team alpha male? <laughs> He was. I think he was a pretty decorated high school wrestler too, right? Yeah, he, he was. He does not use it. Um, I, I'm glad we're not necessarily making a pick on this one. Nope. Because this is this has slobber knocker written on it, as well as uh probably a finish, but I don't know who. I really don't. I can't see this. Uh, oh, or it could be just a, a back and forth, and it could go to a decision. I could see a split here. I, I don't. Even I don't know. I don't know if this job, if this fight, could go the distance, just with Cody not being able to take a lot of punishment as he's been able to earlier in his career. I just mm -hmm. don't see him being able to do that. But we, I, I think have no idea. I have no idea how either of these guys are going to look based on the last time they fought. Cody is obviously when he changed camps, trying to change his style or implement, you know, better strategic choices. Mm -hmm. and, and Brian Kelleher, like, I know he's fun to watch. Neck injuries are tough. I don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah. What kind of shape they're going to be in. Did he know. go three rounds with Umar? I think he I did. Know. I think he lost a decision to Umar. Nope, he was submitted by Umar in the first round. Okay, well, that, that doesn't particularly change much about this fight since Cody does not fight anything like Umar Nurmagomedov. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm leaning towards Cody on this. I, I feel like Cody wants to be bigger again and if he wants to get a ranking he has to put on a heck of a performance and get a finish uh, and if that's not in his goals anymore then he's gonna lose like if that if that sort of level of passion isn't there if he's just thinking i just gotta go out there and get a win i think brian keller her would live up to his nickname and boom boom him Probably uh, probably a straight knockout, just cold. It would be kind of cool if he suddenly became like the Colby Covington-style wrestler of Bantamweight hmm. and, and started to kind of chip away at some of the top 15. Mm -hmm. We already have one of those. His name's Marab. Oh. <laughs> wow. I, that is... That's not unreasonable. No, I mean a guy who's not going to get head kicked into outer space by Sean O'Malley. <laughs> uh, he's fighting. Um, Marab is fighting. Is uh, fighting Cejudo. Henry Cejudo. I know. That's going to be great. 
he's going to beat him and then inevitably end up with O'Malley. So FYI, that that fight is also in Anaheim at uh... Marab and Cejudo. I mean, you guys have to go. (laughs) Oh, it's pre-sales tickets. I don't see why we wouldn't. Oh, do they? Mm -hmm. They do. Yep. February 17th. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Cody Garbrandt. Good luck, Brian. Good luck. I, it's going to be a fun fight, no matter Tied what. To, oh, our girl Tatiana's on this card. Oh, Suarez? Yeah, that, Hell yeah. That just got... Uh, she's fighting Amanda Lemos. Oh, that's a good one, just, too. Who just fought for the title. So it could be a title eliminator. That's fun. Yeah. Tatiana Suarez is going camping with me. No. Yeah. And Shavkat's <laughs> coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Ian Gary's yeah, also going. <laughs> people that uh, are undefeated in the UFC. Damn, you figured out my camping trip. Oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we go even up higher, I am a fan of Andre Feely. Is this touchy? Yeah, yep. it is touchy. I'm rooting for him. Okay. Um, This is a weird thing, and I'm going to bring it into the card trade game because uh. Yeah, we have card trading listeners. Welcome to the show. Martin Boudet had a fuck ton of rookie cards come out. And I'm always kind of like, why do they do that? <laughs> like they dump them. Like they, they had a shitload of Tatsuro Tyra. Okay. They had a shitload of Ian Gary. They had a shitload of Bo Nickel. And they had a shitload of Martin Boudet. I I mean a, a Bo Nickel rookie card seems like a decent one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you may or may not have one in the mail, uh, on the way, for birthday. Anyway, uh, this guy. If it has his essence on it, I'm gonna be really excited. <laughs> <laughs> that that'd be good. Just like the Chandler underwear I sent you. My uh, brother-in-law and I, yes, just like that. Actually, my brother-in-law and I were watching uh Bo Nickel's grappling match with uh. Gordon Ryan. Yeah. And I really well, I really need Gordon Ryan in the UFC. But also the fact that Bo Nickel was even like remotely competitive with the Bo Nickel is such a fucking monster. Is Bo Nickel gonna be on three hundred? I assume he will. I hope so. Either that or he's gonna be like co headlining two ninety nine. I just don't know who he's gonna fight. I don't know. But we'll maybe we'll That's revisit for a that. for a different day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to look up this video. But while you're doing that, yeah. I think we we are going to have a hard time with one of the main card fights. I think we probably will. And I think you guys both know which one I'm talking about. Hmm. But before that, Irene Aldana and Carol Rosa. Um. At women's bantamweight, that's five and nine, right? Um, that's only interesting because there's no champion there until Ronda comes back at 300. See what I did there? And then uh, Josh Emmett and Bryce Mitchell. Bryce relegated all the way down to the prelims. You hate to see it. Well, isn't Bryce the last minute replacement for that fight? Yes, he is, but still. I'd like to see him get a win here. I. Here's my question. I'm not saying I'm picking him. We have to because there's only five main card fights, but I'd like to see him get a win. 
Do we think that Bryce Mitchell gets a takedown against or like gets Where are we Josh again? Emmett Sorry. on the ground? Bryce Mitchell and Josh Emmett. Gotcha. So three takedowns is the over under. Like I'm I would take the under on that. I, I think that Josh Emmett would have would have pretty good takedown defense. So he Bryce averages three and a half per fifteen minutes. Takedown defense forty six percent for Emmett. How would, how does Josh Emmett win this fight? Not get taken down, and then hit him in the Just face a bunch of points times. Points him, yeah, outpoints him. Yeah. Bryce doesn't get hit a lot. He only averages a hundred one hundred one point six four absorb per minute. Yeah, he absorbs one hundred sixty four strikes per minute. That's not so bad. Um, it's because Bryce Mitchell is inevitably controlling the fight and having it on the ground where he's not absorbing strikes or he's clinching is Bryce Mitchell's taking this on like a couple weeks notice, right? Yeah. I thought so. And and Josh Emmett's been training for this fight. Josh Emmett, I assume is a pretty heavy cut to 145. I don't know where Bryce really isn't. I I think Bryce is more like natural around 145. Bryce is a minus 218 here. And he's also 5'10". Josh Emmett's only 5'6". Hmm. So, I mean, like, leverage-wise, doesn't that favor Josh Emmett for takedown? So, we're kind of... What what are you going to say? Josh Emmett's going to (laughs) win. Why do you think that? He, I mean, short notice Bryce. That's that's first of all. I mean, Mm -hmm. just short notice, lack of camp. And Bryce is not in camp all the time. Um, I think that the caliber of Josh Emmett's victories is a lot higher than Mitchell's. I mean, Emmett beat Dan Ige, and he's like unbeatable. Well, well didn't Bryce Mitchell no. just beat Danny Ige? Yes. Dan Ige? So, like, this is like the MMA math. So it's kind of <laughs> like I'm going back and forth in my head. Shane Burgos knocked out. So the re- whether Mike we Johnson. think Bryce is going to win or not. The numbers are very tough here. So it's 37 and a half significant strikes, 82 and a half fantasy score or three takedowns. It really feels like they have these numbers designed so that we don't win whatever we choose on, on this. <laughs> I I think you're right. <laughs> I, so, I mean, I, for, for what it's worth, I think that this fight ends up going to some type of decision, which then leads me to believe that Bryce Mitchell does not win. I'm inclined to agree with that. He's not going to throw so, as much. He, he against would... Dan Ige, Bryce only landed 23 significant strikes. Yeah. If anything, I think the less on significant strikes is the wisest. I'm, I'm kind of leaning that way, too. He's not really a striker. And Josh Emmett is. And, I mean, he's got that Alexander Volkanovsky lunging that he does like because of his short nature. Emmett? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's really really tough, and has so Bryce Emmett was been... submitted by Yair Rodriguez, which was shocking, but that was a club um, and sub. Yeah, he doesn't get submitted a lot. He's he's got pretty good takedown defense. That short nature, he's got the low center of gravity. That forty seven percent takedown defense is that good? No. 
No, takedown defense is the percentage of takedowns attempted against a fighter that do not land. So 53% of the time you do get him down. Yeah. So Bryce is going to go for a fuckload of takedowns and get him taken down most of the time. So then the prospect is... It's the under on the significant strikes. I think so too. Because he very well could submit him in round one or two and then we get fucked on the fantasy score. Yeah, and I think that that's his path to victory, and I yes. think it's his only path. Like well, he's never early, won by knockout, so yeah, it has. And not only that, it has to be early. I think it has to be dry, Josh Emmett, as well, because he's also got the <laughs> for like, <laughs> the right pun to use just to make people second guess it. Is he's got like that cow neck, <laughs> but Bryce Middle fucking chokes out his cows. For practice i so, know that like... you guys don't like bryce mitchell but i do and i like him mostly for two reasons i like that he's himself i like anyone who's themselves i don't like anyone that's playing a character mm-hmm. which is a in fact that's a, that's a contradiction because you like colby Covington, sir i was <laughs> saying the words it is in fact a direct contradiction of something i'm going to say very shortly from now there we okay go. But I don't like anyone who's playing a character. Yeah, Jesus. I like anyone who has a, for, for no reason other than it fits him, a custom set of UFC shorts or some sort of custom shoes or something. <laughs> no, I, I do appreciate that. Even uh, who's the middleweight fighter who just beat uh, our boy from Scotland. Um, But he's, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Brendan Allen. Brendan Allen, who was lobbying yes. to get the Louisiana like purple uh, shorts because <laughs> he's repping Louisiana, right? So the LSU colors. Yeah, but he's an idiot because he is not even remotely the most famous fighter from Louisiana. He is not. That's not the to, angle to play. They're not going to. And, and do he has that. not gotten two twisters. Like he's got to do that. You, Rice you, is. He's yeah. got a thing. He's got a thing. More right. than, than yeah, he's got. Not only that, he's got more than one thing. Like he is the submission guru. He he's just like Damian Maya in that if you go to the ground with Bryce, you're in deep fucking shit. Also, those <laughs> shorts are cool. I like the way the camo looks. Um, mm-hmm. I like a guy. I I really think he would benefit from going to a like Killcliffe M- uh, FC, like a real MMA gym where mm-hmm. he can train with guys like Mike Chandler or whatever, yeah, but get the fuck out of his basement <laughs> aside from that. Right. Um, I do think he has a chance to win. It's going to be by submission most likely, or just volume of control time. Um, so I think the under on the significant strikes is safe here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also okay. appreciate his, uh, renowned charitable contributions. I do too. And again, say what you will about him, the flat earth stuff, the, yeah, I love that he went on and talked about the uh, the Hawaii fire and he yeah. puts his money where his mouth is yeah. and he he's he's doing a lot more for the causes he believes in than a lot of the people who just tweet about it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Bryce Mitchell, I'm a fan and I a- do think he's going to win, but I don't think he's going to knock out Josh Emmett. And frankly, I think if he does, he clips him early and he doesn't get to 37 and a half anyway. So. Yeah, I really think that the less on 37 and a half is the most well-rounded pick here in terms of thought and likelihood. Cool. Yep, less but- than 37 and a half significant strikes. Ryan, you good with it? 
Oh, I'm good with it. All right. Cool. I like it. Made our first pick of the night, which is the pick featured one. prelim, by the way. The rest of the prelims, Irenae Aldana versus Carol Hossa. That'll be nice. I got Irenae in that. I Me too. Outbox, maybe put her on the ground. This is going to be a point fight. It's going to go to decision. Uh, Casey O'Neill, Ariana Lipsky. I'll go with Ariana. She's cuter. Um, I was going to say, I actually think the uh, Queen of Violence will pull that out. Casey O'Neill? Oh, Ariana Lipsky. Queen of Violence is is Ariana. Yep. Cool. Well, she's violent. What's Casey O'Neill's? The Queen of Violence is also on the list. Casey O'Neill is king. That's no, I don't like that. Queen uh, of Ariana Lipsky. Ariana Lipsky is on the list. That is yes. Correct. And 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 if and if Casey wants to be king, she has to undergo some some hormone therapy and surgery before she can compete <laughs> in men's flyweight. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Call herself king. She's the one with identity. That was issues. a lot of things. <laughs> then we move into the main card and we have Vicente Luque and Ian Machado Gary. Um, Dude, like Gary is such a wide favorite. He is somebody, somebody who is like a well-known, like brawler who also is a black belt in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So this has Hamzat Gilbert Burns written all over it to me. At least as far as how that fight went where Hamzat people are like, oh, he's going to steamroll Gilbert Burns. And then he did not. I think Mm -hmm. Ian is going to win. But his average fight time and he goes to decision a lot, Mm -hmm. um, 50, 38 percent of the time, rather average fight time, 11 minutes, 13 seconds. So the 12 and a half scares me. Um, 65 and a half significant strikes. He lands 6.6 per minute and Luke absorbs 5.15 or 101.5 fantasy score. I I don't, I don't know. I have a a hunch, but I want to hear what you guys think. All right. So these, these, these uh, lines are one is not like the other. (laughs) Let's just say that. I agree. So, Average but we've gotten time. burned by this twice. Mm-hmm. All right, so you know where my mind's at. It's like <laughs> I take do the, take the under on the fantasy score. But we we were burned by this <laughs> two weeks ago. But we've how been... is it? How is his fantasy line one hundred and one if the line on the fight time is twelve and a half minutes? Because if, if it goes twelve and a half minutes, he's not, not getting one hundred and one right. points. But this was this was literally. Uh, uh, whoever Benil just fought, Armin Srukian. Armin. Mm-hmm. Well, Armin, that was in the first round. I know, and he he was one twelve. So or, I think one one fifteen, even more. So we've been burned by this high fantasy score number twice. Is all I'm trying to say. Hmm. This Aaron. is this is one of the, I mean the strike differential is. Significant, significant <laughs> for these guys. I mean, Vincente is landing five shots a minute and he's taking five shots a minute. And Gary's landing seven almost and only absorbing three and a half. I think so, we could all agree that 
Gary is a much more sophisticated striker than Vicente Luque. He he's definitely more sophisticated. He's he's more creative. Uh, he's mm-hmm. way more elusive. Uh, I mean he he also kind of fights a little like a cross between McGregor and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I was gonna say the same thing. He's like because he's got that he's got the accuracy down, and but he's got that bounce. He has a bounce to him. My thing is he leaves his hands down. Like he does, he eludes other strikes. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't block. I've heard so many pro fighters talk about how like guys like us don't understand that aspect of fighting. So, <laughs> sure. Um, what do you think about the 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 uh, fact that Shavkat may have knocked him out in sparring less than a month ago? Gary, what, mm-hmm. was it Shavkat? I thought it was somebody else. I don't, no, don't know Shavkat. that story. That's what I heard. Uh, I'll uh, huh. I'll see if I can find it. Uh, Gary KO by Shavkat. Yeah, In, it oh, said well. it was Leon Edwards. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, this came out a month ago. It said that Leon were Leon Edwards allegedly knocks out Ian Gary in sparring. Hmm. Oh yeah, this and then uh, a couple of weeks ago, when Brendan Allen was interviewed by Michael Bisbing, he kind of he alluded that it was he, true, right? He yeah, he confirmed that Ian Gary was knocked out in training. Yeah. Okay. Do we know? Okay, I have many things to say about this. So, do we know what gym this was at? Hillcliff. Okay, I don't uh, know the culture. Where, Go ahead. Yeah, wherever. Uh, I think it's yeah, it was Kill Killcliff Kill FC. Okay, so I don't know the culture at Killcliff FC. Um, obviously, I've never been there. Some we know though that, and especially in our talks with Sam Alvey, some gyms there's there's one type of knockout, but then there's other types of knockouts, right? Um, I was just at, and and I texted you guys about it, um, oh, and wow. we'll do a, a semi free shout out because we're such we respect the guy and we're such big fans of him. Dan Henderson's gym on Saturday. Um. I, I had initially made the decision that I was going to begin training there and I still might. It is far away from my house, which is a concern. Anyway, I'm either going to do that or go to the Gracie that's right down the street from me. That's not the point. While I was in there with my brother-in-law, um, who is a jujitsu blue belt, actually, um, there were some guys sparring on a mat and then some pro guys in the back. I didn't recognize any of them. Uh, they were not going hard, but I saw like four of them legitimately hit each other in the face. So I mm. think that you would think that a knockout at a place like Killcliffe that has a legit stable of fighters or like a, a yeah, CKB just... is not the same as as a knockout at like some random, you know, mm-hmm. MMA gym that is that is not of any sort of notability. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like at Hendo's gym, you can't even go to sparring unless a coach invites you. They're they're very controlled and very purposeful about it. Mm-hmm. So um also uh Ryan or Aaron, the next time you're here, they do Hendo's fight nights there, and I saw the cage and the guy was explaining to me how it works. We have to fucking go to one of these. Nice. Just, Are these like uh like little regional fights? Yeah. That sounds dope. You should definitely go. Definitely. No, the two of us should go, I'm saying. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Hendo's fight night, there was the last one was in August. There were six of them. Six fights. Uh all uh five of the six ended in a finish. I don't recognize any of these names. Oh, nope. There's a guy who uh is on the was on the card that I saw training there on Sunday. Oh. Um or Saturday. Uh and there were four fights that were canceled. Anyway, um I do think we should go to one of these for sure. You should. The I'm smaller in. events are dope. Enjoyable. This is um, a Oh, yeah. Not not super expensive either. This one's interesting. Um Oh uh, man, if I was in Vegas, I would just I would put one down on Luke just to win. Cuz I I really this is a I think Luke has more ways to win in this fight. Really? Yeah. He's, I don't he's think the UFC books it if they think Machado loses. That's true unless they well they booked it a long time ago. They they used to train together, so they're not unfamiliar with each other. I mean, Gary has to knock him out, or he has to outpoint him for a decision, like classic Wonder Boy sort of style. Um, but Vicente Luque can get takedowns. He's got a better submission game. He just he just lets himself get hit, though. That's the thing is he lets himself get hit, and. That's not great when you're fighting Ian Gary. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but that that whole thing with Ian Gary getting knocked out recently is that too recent? Is because if he gets just a like we like I was saying, he he does leave his hands down, he eludes punches, he doesn't he doesn't block them a lot of the time. So I'm very curious. If Luke can touch him, if he if he catches him getting out, pulling back or something, uh, this one's really really hard. Ian's Ian style though, right? What what's his kicks. style? He he's more yeah, leg Gonna, kicks outside, no takedowns. He, yeah, he's not going for takedowns. Where I, I think that Luke probably would. If he's being, if he's trying to approach it strategically, mm-hmm. would try to put him on the ground, which means he has to get close, mission. which is bad news. Yeah, bad news, bad news, bad news bears. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know that the drama going on with him is like gonna play into it. Like I, I don't I, think so. I don't think so either. But then I think about the Conor McGregor's and like. He was great until there was drama. As soon as there was drama, his he didn't fucking win a fight. For I think he years. created a lot of the drama, and I would argue he did win fights. We were talking about I'm going to ride through the favelas of Brazil and put them to work, and I'm going to apologize to absolutely nobody and all that shit. Like, well, that was bef- that was like his rise. Yeah, like, but once once he was double champ, and he like went at. He went at Nate Diaz, lost. Not when he was double champ. 
Yeah, that was the first fight he lost after he won the belt. No. Yeah. Nate, Nate, then he had already been stripped because Nate Diaz did not win a belt. Nate Diaz has never yeah. been UFC champion. Yeah, Nate Diaz didn't win the belt. He'd already yeah. been stripped. Or it was a different weight him. class or something, right? Yeah, it was 170, yeah. I think, he um, went up. The point is, the, the idea that you would say Connor ha has had like an unsuccessful MMA career is, is silly. That's, That's what you're not implying, what I'm saying. And we, I'm we saying, don't appreciate it. I'm saying that he's lost five out of his last six fights in MMA. So well, he's, he's not... He's not a records be damned, you know, <laughs> and and a lot of it's because there's too much else going on around him. I think I don't. It, think I mean, certainly, anymore. certainly seems that way. That's fair. And I'm wondering if that has already happened to Ian Gary. I hope like, not, because what a what a talent he is. And he looked like shit at the press conference. Like Did he? he was being a douchebag, hmm. like at, like uncharacteristically. So he was like digging in on wunder boy like the holder of the nicest motherfucker belt yeah he was that's like trying that's to rip a him down that's a like, weird that's like, a weird thing that's a weird, you have, that's a weird oh, take. on embedded what's steven wonder boy doing this week picking up kids from after school in his dojo's van to take them to karate practice yeah who that's what he's is, doing yeah. you know no like don't why? don't don't do that and he was like picking on alexander pentoja or some shit like flyweights like, yeah this, don't do he's, that Ian. he's shooting down or way off like and, and it makes me wonder like what is he not thinking about vicente at all <laughs> or is this just like deflecting it probably is some deflecting maybe he can't find anything too shitty to say about him mm-hmm I don't know. I don't know. It makes me like really want to take the under on fantasy. Here's my, I get here's it. My, no, I get my it. Only, here's my only holdup. So Vicente Luque, right? He he missed some time because he had a brain bleed, yes. and he didn't know if he was going to fight again. But he's already had a fight where he went five rounds with Rafael dos Anjos and won a decision. Uh, yeah. Looking looking at. Vicente's fight history, right? Like he he got knocked out by Jeff Neal, but Jeff Neal, mm -hmm. you know, hands of steel. Hands of steel, yep. Uh, that's tough. Bilal, who is like on the doorstep of fighting for a title, <laughs> then we'll he there. submitted Kiesa. Then he submitted Woodley. Submitted Kiesa. Submitted Kiesa, who's a much bigger Kiesa, who's much yes. bigger and. A fucking killer on the floor. Like also, he... look, he knocked out Randy Brown, who, if we're talking about like frame, mm -hmm. similar frame to Ian Gary, six three, over six foot, fighting at one seventy. I uh, ooh, I remember the TK, the doctor stoppage of Price, where they wanted to keep going. That was a great one. And they don't have who won. I know that Luke beat Mike Perry. He must have lost to Wonder Boy because Wonder Boy was still in the Tyrone Woodley picture in 2019. Did you guys see who the welterweight backup is? Yeah, it's Bilal. Yeah, that's pretty it, cool. For the belt, um, right? Yes. <laughs> for the belt. He's, yeah. he's gonna weigh in. He's gonna weigh in. Good. He so, probably should, because if nothing happens, he might not get another chance. It, I will I will follow you to the under on fantasy score. 
will follow you. I, I'm I'm for that as well. Um, because we we did learn last time that knocking someone out includes twelve points for a knockdown. Yeah. So I mean, the second round for a knockdown plus the second round finish is what seventy two points. Oh shit, seventy five. So that plus twelve would be eighty seven. Plus so the amount a, of significant plus strikes. strikes he's gonna land times point seven. So basically, it it's got to go deep into the fight or to a decision. And I, so, I think it probably will, unless so Vicente, Vicente catches him. Vicente Luque, which is still a good good thing for us. Looking at his fight history. I am up to spot some monsters. Shit, yeah, he like has. Ian Gary's been fighting. Okay, not so quite he monsters. has never been finished in the second round. Luke? Yeah, and furthermore, he was knocked out in the third round by Jeff Neal. You guys just said that decision with Bilal. Um, which the way Bilal? Wait, fucking has happened. has he ever been knocked out? Uh yeah, just Jeff decision Neal. with Leon Edwards. Other than than Neil, I mean, I'm sorry. No, just just Neil, who uh, was a shorter fighter. Yeah, it seems to me that this is not the day that that changes. Even though I do think Ian Gary is going to win, I will follow you. Like I said, to the under on fantasy score. Yep, I'm down under on the 101.5 fantasy score. Okay. Because I, I do think if Gary wins this, it's it's probably going to be later in the fight. I I think it would at least be later in the fight. If he finishes it, I, if not, it would go to decision. Although I'll say this. If we get burned a third time in a row <laughs> we'll never on do this that number, we will just stay away from these high fantasy scores. How about that? FYI, uh, Vicente also had knocked out Jalen Turner in the first round. Back in 2018. Well, then, oh, if, he, if he does that to Ian Gary, then we still we, we still, still win the pick. We still win. down. Just saying. okay. Now we move into another fun one. This is okay. Tony, this Ferg, is the one Maddie. I think we're going to have trouble. Really, on like, I, and it's on like how it's going to end. It's because I hate Patty Pimblet, <laughs> and there is a number that jumps out at me as I look at the three options. Sure. Let me let me bring this up. It's actually under Patty. P A D. I can't. I'm fuck him. I'm not amazed. <laughs> I'm not amazed by th- that. By this the has th- to be minus three ten under on fight time. See, I'm thinking this has to be under on significant strikes. It could also be under on fantasy score. <laughs> so maybe it's not that obvious. <laughs> So, so I mean, do we think, do we think Patty's winning this, despite yes. your hatred? Yes, I do. Only because it's Tony Ferguson, dude. Yeah. It's Tony Ferguson. Think about all it's well, of the it's punishment. Tony Ferguson now. Twenty eighteen, Tony Ferguson's not hearing a fucking peep out of Patty. So it's yeah. minus yeah, three ten for Patty because Tony Ferguson is who he is now is a thousand years I mean, old <laughs> just think about the beating he took by bobby green in his last fight that was Ooh. this year in july yep and then Which, 
He was submitted, and then, right? And then, yes, after getting his the literal shit kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. Then in Nate Diaz's last fight, it was a fourth round submission. And we were, here's here's what I remember. Us talking about how good we felt that Tony was putting up some type of opposition. <laughs> yes. Right? Against who? Uh, Diaz. He did. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's Nate Diaz, though. So, and Nate Diaz's last fight, and in then the UFC. and then he had the face rearrangement from Mr. Michael Chandler, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and did not win the first round, contrary to popular opinion. No. And then he went five rounds in 2021 with Benil. That's a anomaly. Five he with lost Oliveira. A, he he lost a decision with Oliveira. H- hang on, just one second. Why do people think Tony won the first round of the Michael Chandler fight? I don't remember. That was Chandler had a takedown and 15 more total strikes, six more significant strikes. Why do people think Tony won the first round of that fight? Someone remind me. I don't know. So, Unless he had um, a knockdown. It definitely had to be optics. optics he did not have yeah. a knockdown. Neither of them did. Then he just didn't come out and immediately round. get annihilated. That's why. <laughs> that's why. That's why. Moral victory. It was a moral victory <laughs> of round one of that fight. Yeah. The, Man, I Tony mean, is a tough motherfucker, though. He's still taking these guys, except Chandler, deep. Decisions yeah. with Oliveira and Benil. Five rounds. It took him to the fifth round to get knocked out by Gaethje. But you remember that with Gaethje. That was the interim before Gaethje fought mm-hmm. Khabib. Mm-hmm. And that I do the, remember. That was the end of Ferguson. That and that he was, went from the longest winning streak to the longest losing streak. That was so devastating. <laughs> yep, it, it was so devastating. Like, yeah, and it was it was the end of his win streak. You're right. Yeah, this one like Patty Patty to win this has to take him down and submit him, and that's Patty's thing. He club and subs. That's what he does. That that's for for the last ten years. So like. Tony has an advantage in this fight in that Patty has not changed. Okay. But that's the only advantage he has. Let me ask you, let me <laughs> ask you not enough question, for him to win, even though it's going to sound like I'm, I'm trying to poke you. I'm not sure. What do you think has changed about Tony Ferguson since we've seen him in the last eight fights over five years? He's gotten substantially worse at everything he does. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, no, I will. I will grant you that if you're saying that Patty is at least not worse. No, Patty is if not that's worse. That's the argument. We just no. don't know how good Patty is. Probably not very good. That's that's kind of the thing is like Tony has been getting killed. Uh and initially it was only by really good guys like Michael Chandler, Gaethje, you know, it was Charles Oliveira, Darius, like he was even getting, Bobby Green. Even Bobby Green is really really good. And mm-hmm. it, that's like aged Tony, chinned Choney, washed Tony, and Bobby got him. Uh, but Patty might have he he won on paper against Flash Gordon. Yeah, you know he beat Jordan Levitt, who just lost to another unranked fighter. Like mm-hmm. he he has not been impressive uh, as as much as he was supposed to be coming over from. What was he in Cage Warriors? Um, yeah. But like, <sighs> let's just put Patty in there with one of the guys ranked six to ten, so we can be done with the fucking Patty Pimblet thing. 
Yeah. I feel put like... put him in there with Mateus Gamrot or Fiziev or fucking Jalen Turner, and let's just let's just get this over with. Yeah, and I'm that... not enjoying the Patty Pimblet era. And remember, like, and same, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue shitting on him. You like after the Gordon fight, he said uh, when Joe Rogan said that was a close fight, Patty Pimblet said no, it wasn't fight of the night. Like he legitimately thought he was like dominating mm-hmm. and deserved performance bonuses. Now is it this his like... first fight in the United States? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean the 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 only other thing that Tony Ferguson has no, going it is for not his first fight in the United States. Is that he is wacky? He is bizarre. He's weird. He's much slower than he used to be, and has pretty clearly taken some significant damage. Also, he's been training with David Goggins. Um, if you guys are familiar with him, I'm sure you are. Yeah. Yep. I don't know that this is the time to start doing something like that. Yeah, I apparently agree. apparently it's to be overcoming his mental blocks, not like cardio conditioning and stuff. It's Well, it's, if you know David Goggins' story, um which mm-hmm. my grandma, of all people that are that are David Goggins fans, my grandma, she goes, "You know, I've been listening to the, she's a big book, she reads books, listens to books." Uh she, she's like, "Have you heard of David Goggins?" I'm like, "Hey, you're 81. What do you what do you yeah i've heard of david Whoa. goggins what do you mean whoa um what whoa never mind we we should stop making this pick uh-oh he is out of 296 so can we get it in then oh no they'll just take it off it won't matter two hours ian gary skips team says every intention but i just read that he is out he has pneumonia ariel hawani's reporting it there it is he's been sick for days that's bullshit. I've been watching Embedded. Dana White confirmed it, but guess who is stepping in to fight Luke? Well, Kevin Holland. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> of Kevin course Holland. he fucking is. <laughs> so so, so wait, do we, we just game the system and keep the Gary bet on there? Because it's still letting me do it. Yeah, but we'll get, It'll a, cancel we'll get, it. a, we'll get we'll a get a reboot. We'll get a, a reboot. Yeah. So it wouldn't it downplay it to a out of five a five a five pick. So do then we do pick we pick somebody else from Aaron Aldana and Carol Rosa? Yeah, agree. Okay, yeah. So we're gonna take Ian Gary off, um, All right. and we'll come back to that. That's a that's a shocker. But, well, no, um, let's just pick it now and get it over with. Oh yeah, let's finish up, Patty. Um, um, oh sorry, yeah yeah, you're right. Uh, sorry, I for some reason thought we were still on Gary. Anyway, that's shocking. Uh. <laughs> Kevin Holland just like hangs out at the UFC facilities and he's just like, yeah, I'll fight, whatever. Uh, by the way, I'm mean. Uh, but he's been fighting at 185. That. No, he's been fighting at 170. So he's got to be on weight mm-hmm. unless they're going to do this at a catch weight. Yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's a hell, that's a, that's a lot of news. That's a <laughs> lot of news right there. Yeah. I let a mean know. Thank you, and uh, and uh, that he'll hear me look at my phone during the podcast and go, wait, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. So, hold Patty, on. Uh, I, like... you guys choose. I can't make an unbiased choice here. Okay, Aaron, what's your thoughts? My thoughts on Patty Pimblet versus Tony Ferguson.
is under on the fantasy score. No, I can't hear you. No, yeah, I'm whispering. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and it's because <laughs> because of the reason Dom recused himself, which is that I don't necessarily wholly is Patty, feel Patty's Patty going to win. Is he good? Is he going to win? Is he like, good? I, how is he going to win? I think he's not he's, good at getting takedowns. He's just good at going club and for sub. submissions. He's good at club and sub. And if Tony says, fuck it, we're staying on the feet. How does this go? It goes three rounds to a decision and he doesn't hit that score. All right. And Tony or Patty wins. If it stays on the feet, I couldn't tell you who's going to win. Sold. (laughs) All right. But I don't, I do not see Patty. I don't see him catching Tony in the first round. I don't see him catching him. I don't see him catching him. So it's well, yeah, I, okay, maybe I do. But if he does, it's like late. And yeah. So we're going less on the fantasy score for Patty Pimblett, 105. All okay. Right. Um, so Irene Aldana is the name on the board here in, in the replacement for Luke and Machado Gary. And cool. because the Pretty Neat Podcast loves you, we want you to have an, a shot at six out of six. Mm-hmm. Um, in looking at averages here, so Irene wins by knockout fifty-seven percent of the time, and her fights basically go the distance. And so do Carol Rosas, mm-hmm. um, fourteen and a half and fifteen minutes. So actually, Carol Rosa exclusively goes to the distance, right? Mm-hmm. Goes the distance. So, um, Seventy-two and a half significant strikes and eighty-four and a half fantasy score. So Irene lands four point eight six per minute. So four point eight six. Is that twenty-five per round? Seventy-five six times fourteen point three six is sixty-nine point seven. Nice sixty-nine. <laughs> nice point seven. <laughs> so the numbers are right there. They are. Um, I think it's. Do we think she's going to win? I think and Irene then we just is, take the over on one of them. I, I think Irene is going to win. Uh, I think she's going to dominate. I don't know how. Uh, and I do think that even if this goes to decision. It'll actually, be a volume thing that gets her to it, the 84. It, it could be volume. She might get more than one takedown. She might get more than one knockdown. Mm-hmm. She could get a submission. She knocks people out and submits people. Well, um, she does not get taken down. And she does not take people down. So yeah, I, I'm. I, I don't. I don't see the significant strikes going over though. Um, it's a stay away for me. It's so close, Ryan. What do you think? Uh, so I was looking at strike differential. Um, so be surprised to 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 find out that Irene has a negative striking mm-hmm. differential. Uh, mm-hmm. which is not good. However, her opponent, uh, Carol Rosa, has uh, poor defense. Anytime your striking defense is below 50% means you get hit quite a bit. Uh, so I'm on Dom with the stay away from the significant strikes because while uh, Irene really doesn't go for takedowns, uh, her opponent is good for at least one, but her takedown accuracy is not great. 
and Irene's uh, takedown defense is north of 75%. So it stays on the feet. I think Irene gets above the significant strike total. To Dom's point, it is super close. I do think this goes to a decision. If it goes to a decision, uh, hit me with that scoring chart on uh, fantasy points because if we take a decision win, it's 20 points multiplied by 0.6, six tenths of a point for every significant strike. And we do not think that she's going to get any takedowns. That'd be 43 points at her. At her average, it'd be 116 significant strikes. No, 116 points. If she if she lands because if she lands 69 significant strikes, 0.6 goes into significant 69 significant strikes 116 times. Am I doing that right, or am I am I scoring it wrong? Um, so if she gets, let's say, let's I'm say she gets 41.4. If she gets her average significant strikes, oh, over yeah, because I'm rounds. a fucking idiot and it's multiplied, not divided. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's 40, that's 40 points on top of the 20, which would be 60. And she would need at least two knockdowns and one, or take down. No, but one knockdown puts her at 72, and then we're uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm looking at significant strikes. Not, oh, see, I don't know. Yeah. Now, I do think if this does end up on the ground, Aldana would go for submissions, which an so, attempt is... So, hang on, points. though. So, you said 20 for the decision win, 41 for the if strikes. she gets to her average of significant strikes. So, that's 61. Throw in a knockdown, that's 73. She's got to find 12 more points in there. Which could be one or that would be two takedowns. Which she does she not doesn't do. usually get. I Takedown like defense, you get three points. Mm. So if Carol is getting struck up and she goes for a takedown. Carol averages 1.3. So she'd have to stuff two. Four, for six points. to get to the four, 12 points stuff, based on the math we're doing to get to the gotcha. additional 12 points yeah so let's take the under could she stuff four takedowns she for sure could yeah she yeah. definitely could and we're pretty and i'm pretty confident her, this will go to a decision her stats suggest she she would stuff three out of four mm-hmm. in fact mm-hmm. literally i'm, I'm pretty <laughs> out of yeah <laughs> i'm pretty comfortable with the less on 84.5 fantasy score a lot of stuff has to go against us for it to hit the over i suppose even though she could very handily win a decision yeah or if she got a tko in any round um that would be not good not helpful to the score because there's more points for a third round victory which is 50 points so if she if she does if she finishes the fight the score's gone yeah and it really right. does it doesn't feel like that type of situation this is going to go to decision i think or it yeah well so and maybe it'll go carolosa's way hey if that happens we're happy anyway <laughs> so we're also covering that with this bet she Something knocked happens. out yana santos in the first round um she knocked out is it macy chiasen yeah 
Yeah. Um, Which in the she's first fucking round. good. Macy, uh, Macy's good. Or she, I'm sorry, she knocked her out in the third round. Holly beat her by decision. Amanda beat her by decision. Uh, it doesn't show who won against Kellen Vieta, but that one ended in the first round. That that's good news for us though, because that was Holly, way back in 2019. Though she doesn't fight a whole lot, basically once a year. Holly's a striker, and Amanda had become a striker by that point, and Ariana Lipsky's Muay Thai. So have we have this, we reached a point? All over have it. we reached a point where we're the like post retirement reflection is like. God, Amanda Nunez was so fucking good. She was so good. I watched her beat. Oh, the we're shit. already there. I watched her beat. God, the shit she out was of, uh, so good. Holly Holm again, and uh, damn, she was good. The anyway. cyborg fight of hers, I think, other than Juliana too, is probably my favorite. So I'm. It looked like the page was reloading for a second. Oh, okay. she knocked. She knocked down Juliana seventy three times in that fight. <laughs> all right so aldana on the under on fantasy score that's that's fine that's the pick all right now we're moving into what is the people's main event mm-hmm. the people's i would choice. agree with that yes shavkat rachmanov number five against the number six welterweight steven wonderboy thompson who's almost 40 he is 40 he'll be 41 uh early next year uh, Shavkat, a significant favorite, minus 650. I think he's the biggest favorite on the card. I think you're right. So it's he... been a little bit more than a year since we last saw Wonderboy. Mm-hmm. And it was a year before that that we had mm-hmm. seen him. So, yep. I, I would, I think we can all understand why this favoritism is here, uh, mm-hmm. which is that Shavkat is 17 and 0. But that's more special than it even sounds, isn't it, Ryan? Seventeen and zero, but what's seventeen unique? finishes? Seventeen finishes. <laughs> He's never gone to fucking decision. Never. Uh, Wonder Boy has. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has. I, if if we're looking at Wonder Boy's average fight time, because he's so good and prolific. And he's fought in so many main events. His average fight time is what? 14 minutes and 51 seconds. Look at that. <laughs> My God. And Shafkots is half of that. Ugh. But look at that. Wonder Boy gets more knockdowns, but that could just be the fight time. He's mm-hmm. fighting twice as long, so he's getting twice as many knockdowns. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But that 0% decision next to next to Shafkot. So we got to look at the fucking... Oh. The um, if you were wondering, Shavkat's never been taken down. Oh, yeah, he has a hundred percent takedowns. We don't think that Wonder Boy's gonna try and take him down. <laughs> no, no, we don't. <laughs> I mean, this is a. Uh... Do any of us think Wonder Boy's going to win? I I don't see how he could. It has to be just Shavkat shows up and have one of those crazy off days, right? Right. It like, does. Yeah. E- even if even if Wonder Boy is trying to play the distance game and and point fight him Shavkat's gonna cut the cage off so down so earlier I said that Machado Gary and Vicente Luque had Mm -hmm. Hamzat Gilbert Burns written all over it but maybe this is the one uh maybe Shavkat who we all like who we know that a lot of guys have been ducking he did he fight Jeff Neal 
he did he did fight Jeff Neal. Okay, so he fought Jeff Neal and Neil Magny. Jeff Neal Magny, our favorite UFC mashup. Um, but then his other three UFC fights are just against guys who are not names. This is probably his biggest challenge. Stephen Thompson looked fucking awesome against Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland quit on the stool, basically. Yep. Um, or his, his corner hand. threw in the towel, whatever. He broke his um, hand from a high kick. Mm-hmm. Stephen Thompson is no pushover. No. He will show up prepared. Now he could get mauled. But I I don't know. This one is kind of this is the the honey dick 111.5 fantasy score thing. It really is just how much do we believe in Steven Thompson? Because 111 and a half fantasy score is a first round finish, right? That's really the only way you get there. Can I get that uh, scoring chart uh, again? A dominant first round and a second round finish gets you there. So like easy. a first round with a couple knockdowns, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but okay. but do we do we think that that's what Shavkat does? Like I'm thinking back on the Jeff Neal fight and the Neil Magny fight. Now they're both finishes because we we just said 100 finish rate. That he's a little bit more methodical in the first round. He'll take the opportunities as they are presented to him, but he's not essentially pressing the issue. Yeah, his average fight time is comfortably into the second round. Yeah. So, you know, he's probably filling things out to a certain degree. Like the the Cowboy Oliveira win, that's a first-round sub. That's at the end of the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, whoever Harris is, I don't know who the fuck that is. I like where you're going with this. Um, yeah, their first, second round. He figures people a, out. He a doesn't three round a three round fight. So, yeah, w- what's he do? What's he do? Like Wonder Boy's game. Clearly, like we kind of understand what Wonder Boy has to do to win. Right? Stay on the outside, point fight, don't get taken down. Yeah, he's in he's in trouble because Shavkat is a uh, high fight IQ. He's very observant, but so um, is Stephen Thompson. So is Stephen Thompson. Who has a higher fight IQ than Stephen Stephen Thompson? Let's be real. That's really who else true. does karate and makes it in the UFC. <laughs> That's a really good point. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Shavkat, I mean, he's not overwhelming with pressure. He, you know, he reminds me of like of much more durable Korean zombie. That's a weird thing to say. In that he will he will constantly be moving. Do you know forward, what Shavkat Akhmadov would do to the Korean zombie? Uh, terrible things. Force him to live unto his namesake. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> in the shadow realm. But like this has this almost feels like. The first decision of Shavkat's career, but winning like he he wins pressures. He... Yeah, it's, it's Hamza Gilbert Burns is what you're saying. Yeah, not yes. stylistically, but it, similar outcome, similar challenge for Shavkat. Yes. Okay. When's uh, the last time that that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson got taken down? Because that like that's what I'm having a hard time of recalling. Mm-hmm. Uh, when has he been taken down and really controlled? Yeah, that's, I mean, Tyron, like, that's a big part of their fights is being him being pushed up against the cage by Tyron. And Tyron he defended, Willie? yeah, which he defended pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But one, uh, it, uh, oh, here we go. The Kevin Bilal Holland. Fight. Oh yeah, the Bilal yes. fight. The Bilal, Bilal took him down seven times. Mm. Whoo! And Shavkat can do it. Shavkat can take him down. Shavkat, his takedown average is only one and a half. Um, but he can do it. Oh, he can do it. <laughs> but like Stephen Thompson and Kevin Holland, like didn't let it go to the ground. They basically had like a gentleman's agreement and let each other yeah. back up. They wanted. They said, to... "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna strike." Yep. And this that ain't gonna happen here. It's Shafkat's gonna look to finish Thompson. And I so feel that... he's got to do it with grappling then, and probably a submission. I think so too. If we're we're saying that, like it's gonna go to decision. bar or a triangle or something. You guys it really think it's gonna go triangle. to decision? Huh? You think it's gonna go to decision? Maybe not a decision, but I'm tempted by the over on fight time. I want to stay away from that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but here's here, like here's where my logic's at. So Bilal took him down seven times, attempted nine times. He landed only fifty-eight significant strikes in a three-round fight. Wonderboy runs around do, a lot. He does. He does. Does that mean you have less than 111 fantasy points? We're going, I'm like going so crazy low on fantasy so, scores today. UFC 296. And I hate the show Friends, but I'm going to do it. The one with the fantasy points. I don't, <laughs> I, I, you know, and I do hate the show Friends because it's not funny. <laughs> I kind of think the under here too. So give me the scoring chart. What is a second round 75 plus a takedown 81? Give him yeah. two takedowns 87. You know. Well, and if he fucking if, 40 significant strikes puts him in the, the 107 range. Uh all right. 111 so and a half is tough. Comparison the previous fight to the Bilal fight. Stephen Thompson fought Gilbert Burns. What did Gilbert do? Three-round fight, took him to decision, took him down three times, landed 29 significant strikes with no sub-attempts, according to UFC's website. Are you leaning towards less on the significant strikes here? No, I'm still one. I'm still less on the fantasy score because two fighters that have shown this is the way that you beat Stephen Wonderboy Thompson... Does he take him down and and get some type of like late second round, third round type of submission victory? So does that does that that correlate to less than 111 fans? So he fought Jeff Neal on March 4th. He had 81 total strikes, but only 36 significant one submission attempt uh, that he got in the third round. He submitted him four minutes and 17 seconds into the third round. Uh, he landed four takedowns. So if we do that, that's 50 and 24 is 74. 36 significant strikes is rounded up to 20. That's 94. So he'd have to win in the second or first to hit that score. It, right. it sure feels like it. Yeah. But can he land 41 significant strikes on a guy who is tough to hit? Probably on not. the ground, yes. 
That yeah. is true. If he puts him on the ground, puts him on That's his true. and starts throwing elbows from up top. Wonder Boy observes three significant strikes per minute. Um, a 45% defense rate. Give me the less on the fantasy score. We are going to get fucking eaten up. So we're going less on fantasy. So less on fantasy score for Patty, less for Irene, and less for Shavkat, right? Mm -hmm. So far, we're going to get eaten alive by that. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? That's what makes the show fun. Yeah. And and I I do. This has as much as that makes me uneasy because I'm on. It does this does sort of have that that feel of this might be the one that Shavkat has to go all the way. Uh, I mean, Sergio Pettis knocked him out, though. Or, sorry, Anthony Pettis knocked knocked out Wonderboy. Like, Superman Punch. Got him. Okay. When? It's a, years ago. Four years no, what, ago. No, what round, I mean? The second? Second okay. round? Well, I suppose if he Superman Punch knocks him out, we can live with it. If if it's in the third round. <laughs> At one point in time, Robert Whitaker, uh, Stephen Thompson knocked out Robert Whitaker in the first round. Round two. There it is. Which is which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Okay, we're going less. All right. Co-main. <laughs> Brandon Hoival is challenging for the flyweight title against Alexandre Pantoja. Alexandre Pantoja is known as the cannibal. I just want to point that out. Yeah, is he known as the Cannibal? Mm-hmm. That okay. is a horrible nickname. Well, what about Brandon Royval? Brandon Raw Dog Royval. <laughs> also, how about that? a horrible nickname? <laughs> Raw Dog. There is. Did they fight before? Yes. Yes. And, and uh, Pantoja. Lost. Yeah, Pantoja submitted him. Yeah. It was interesting because it's a you know a typical flyway back and forth event until mm-hmm. he made a mistake and then he jumped on a rear naked choke, I believe. So can we get hmm. ten and a half minutes of fight time on this one? I could they, totally see that. They average eleven and six respectively. Of course they fucking do. I also they fought each other. They they know each other a little better. Flyweights are so tough, and the odds are almost even. Pantoja is a slight favorite. Um, yeah, that one was in the second round. Uh, Pantoja won by submission. Hmm. And Royval's submitting people, too. Got a much shorter fight time. I feel like this is going to go. Like I, I feel like this is going to go... All the way. I see the I see the one I want. Do you guys see it? Uh, bringing it Hold up. On. Getting there. We have under ten and a half. We have ten and a half minutes on fight time. Over under forty significant strikes. That feels 40 and low. A half. Uh, hundred and four fantasy score. <laughs> one hundred and four and a half. If I'm reading the room right, we should be picking less on that. And two takedowns for Pantoja. Um, I like the two takedowns for Pantoja. On on which side? Um, over. Yeah, me too. I mean, Hoyval's takedown defense is fucking god awful. 
Yeah, it's thirty nine percent. It's it's bad. It's mm-hmm. bad. And you, and, and these and, are both ground guys. Yeah, and Pantoja is not going to be afraid having already beaten him by a submission already mm-hmm. to go for the takedowns. So to me, this and I do think it's going to go all the way. Uh, like, Wait, you think they go all the way? All the way. They're, They're going to the fuck way. in the middle Ooh. of the cage. Probably Dude. around. Dude, <laughs> probably what, could you imagine? <laughs> UD? Oh, ID. <laughs> Let's D together. <laughs> Dude. Nah, this is a... I, I am... <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, um, America. Uh, uh, to me... Give me, the, give me the golf swing and the glass break just for fun there. Sure. Yeah, that's the sound of one of their of one of their assholes being torn open by the other one. Damn. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're welcome for that too. And that is a deep cut. You're right. Oh, it was. And you know what? Insert the coin for me too, and, and launch the rocket. Why not? We're fucking here. Where's I didn't see that. Where's that? Insert, Insert the coin, coin right there. Right, right there. there. You got it. Yep. And launch the rocket at the top. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sound of of the entrance being made. So this has become just a super violent homoerotic event in the yeah. middle of the UFC mat, Las Vegas, yep. Nevada. Yep. We're an open-minded bunch here at the Pretty Neat Podcast. I like the over, Ryan. Yeah, I'm good on the over as well. All right. Uh, over, I his, 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 his stats per 15 minutes, if, if we're stating that the fight goes the full 25, he goes over to. I could see him going over that too in the first two or three rounds. Like I yeah. could see that happening so fast. Just at, even if they come out swinging, uh, that they'll they'll clinch up and somebody will whip somebody down, and and I would put it on Pantoja. Cool, cool. Now we're into the main event of the evening. This is a this is a toughie. We have it two is. choices. We got over under seventy six point five significant strikes or over under ninety eight point five on the fantasy score. Leon lands considerably less significant strikes per minute than you would think. Yeah, but he's more he's more accurate. Very That's accurate. He's he more accurate. Runs. Sure. Whereas Colby is doing kind of like a spray and pray approach let me just throw whatever i got yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> did you see his uh him on embedded i, I have not seen i need i need to embedded. catch up i need to catch up on embedded that uh, might be a saturday morning thing for me yeah. uh i will this talking about playing a character uh colby gave a, a cribs style tour of the rental house he was staying at the airbnb um, which he acknowledged was an Airbnb, which was very lovable. Like it would have been one thing for him to be like, yo, come on in to UFC cribs. And did they say where in, in the Vegas area it is? It's in Colorado. He's still in Colorado. Oh shit. Okay. Which I mean, that could be adding to his game if he's been training at altitude. Well, Colby's cardio is, is fucking nuts. Is he training at team elevation now? Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. He's a Florida guy, isn't he? Usually, yeah, puts... he was training in Florida. Yeah, he was American top team, but everybody hates him now. Uh, Colby training camp. 
Let's find out. This says MMA Masters. That's also in Florida. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, I think this is, first of all, it's a great match. This is a great matchup. Styles uh, make fights, you know. Totally. I, I think that when you have somebody as aggressive as Colby, you you want somebody who's as tactical in their defense uh, to be there and ready for it. You don't necessarily want an equal brawler because then you just get a wild slugfest and somebody goes to sleep and nobody's impressed by anything. Like, mm-hmm. So I, I'm worried for Colby on this one. I am. Uh, he he does not fight very often, uh, which is not to say he's got ring rust. Uh, he just doesn't. It would kind of suck if he became the welterweight champion for that reason. We And welterweight is so stacked. Bilal, Shav- like imagine if Shavkat kicks the shit out of Steven Thompson and then it's a long drawn out wrestling affair for Colby and then he doesn't fight for another fucking year and you've got this welterweight power log jam beneath him like it it would bother me so much if he won because of how irregularly he fights um but i'm not going to underestimate leon he destroyed kamaro in their last fight he beat him for 5 rounds mm-hmm. and he finished him the fight before that even though he was losing he still t- very uh very was able to defend the takedowns, which is what Colby's going to bring. Almost Colby's, a 70% takedown defense. Yeah, and, but Colby wrestles a bit differently. Colby is going Kamaru. to get him down. Colby's going to get him down. That is that is not a debatable mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Um, but Colby is not really a finisher anymore. He never he, really what or has been um, mm-hmm. you know, in the last few years, right? He's sure. he's he's going to decision. Yeah. He's just putting pressure on people. That's what his game plan is around pressure and cardio. Mm-hmm. He's gonna outwill everyone. He's gonna outlast everyone. So yeah. you guys this one seems obvious to me. I think it's under on the strikes. I was gonna say under on fantasy score. I think it's also under on the strikes. Because really? he's gonna be defending takedowns a, a lot. And he is going for accuracy, not volume. I think he's so. Why not? Un- so ninety-eight and a half. Give me the scoring chart. Uh, well, I think I would take under on that because I actually I think Colby's got a great shot of winning. So I, I think so. Colby has a good shot at winning too. Colby has literally never been finished in the first or second round, and that's what ninety-eight and a half says. Mm-hmm. Do we do we think that's uh, that is not true? That Worley Alves five, and this is five rounds. Worley Alves submitted him in the first round in 2015. That's a long time ago. A yeah. long fucking time ago. Yeah. Colby has beat a lot of guys and he has really, yeah, a lot of late rounds, you know, um, but also the, the Worley Alves thing could very well just be like a, like a fucking fluke. It, it in fact, his record shows that it is. Beat our, he knocked out our guy Max Griffin in the third round. Um, Who has Colby beat? Colby, I mean everybody but Kamaru. Mm. Uh, never didn't beat Kamaru. Beat Woodley at the end of his reign. 
actually Masvidal after he Woodley was wasn't even the champion. This was after Woodley was washed. Lawler, that was after he lost the belt. After that, like bloodbath with uh, our Canadian friend. Yeah. Wasn't Maya's Colby not. Covington Max Griffin's UFC debut? Yeah. Yes. Shit. Welcome to the show, buddy. Deal, deal with this motherfucker. Um, I feel like the under on fantasy score. I just don't see him getting stopped that early. That's fair. It, it there is enough room for accumulation, though. This is five rounds. But then, if you think he goes less on the significant strikes, then he's definitely not getting there. Yes. Give me the fair. scoring unless chart. It's like a, unless it's like a third or fourth round stoppage. So say it's fourth round. So thirty-five. Say he gets a, to seventy-six a and a half. So yeah. okay. So forty-seven plus what? 30 even 40 takedown defense even 40 he's still under unless he stuffs like six takedowns Mm -hmm. which we know he's going to stuff a couple right he is yeah yeah this is okay it's not as cut and dry as i thought so if he stuffs two takedowns he gets to his average strikes with a fourth round stoppage and a knockdown and two stuffed takedowns he gets 98.9 fantasy points in the fourth round yeah okay in the fourth round hmm hmm how what's his average significant strikes but that's if he gets to those significant strikes right that's if he gets to the significant strikes correct of 76 how many let's let's look at uh yeah that's what i was gonna say let's look at his last his last fighting's kamara which went five it was a majority decision and he threw he landed 120 123 scroll scroll down scroll down oh thank you scroll down 120 120 okay so that's cool. definitely a lot more that's that's almost 25 per round which so 120 significant strikes times 0.6 is what 72. 72. Okay, so 72. Give me Just the scoring chart. Plus a decision. Plus a decision win is 92. 92. He did not have a knockdown. But if he defends and he's, and three he, takedowns. He defended 11 takedowns. So if he defends 11 takedowns, that's 33 plus 120. So he, <laughs> he gets there. He gets there. Kobe doesn't get hit, though. Does he not? Kobe absorbs um, three per minute. Kamaru absorbs 2.74. I'm, I'm an idiot. Don't ever listen to me. I don't know what to do. I thought I knew. I thought it was the under on fantasy score easily, but now I don't think that. Well. In the first Kamaru fight, uh, Leon only landed 55 significant strikes, mm. and that's that's a fifth round TKO. Mm. So here's the sim- here's the comparisons, right? What in did he first, do? Um, keep going. I'm sorry. In the first Camaro fight uh, with Leon, Camaro went for 12 takedowns. Seems very Colby esque 
and he landed five of those. Hmm. He landed 77 significant strikes against Nate. And he kicked the shit out of Nate, and it was only mm-hmm. 77? Yeah, Nate did not attempt to take down. Uh, wow. Leon actually Leon actually landed four out of five in that one. I mean, unless Leon, Leon could have a game plan of keeping distance with jabs and straights, you know, touch up Colby's face. He does let his face get hit when he's rushing in with full brute force. That's what he does. Hit my face as much as you want. I'm going to grab onto your asshole and try and whip you to the ground, you know? So I, I, mm. this is hard because like, uh, I don't know. I don't know because I, I'm starting to like the less on significant strikes being dependent on Colby really putting a shitload of pressure on him. Potentially well, isn't winning. That a, isn't that a given? Isn't that yeah. a given that Colby's strategy every single fight is volume strikes in your face, pressure, 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 and take you. down, control. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not looking to knock you out. I'm just looking to win the fight. Mm-mm. He doesn't have that kind of power in his punches. He's it's in his it's it's the, in his the, takedowns. I, I would agree. I would it's agree. And the only unknown is that he hasn't fought in a while. Has he added any other elements and, to his game? And don't forget, this is a guy that took like a like a bad back of the head shot when he wasn't looking from Jorge outside of a restaurant, right? So But he got that victory back. He fought Jorge after that, didn't he? No, no. Oh, it was right after that. It mm-hmm. was after that fight. That's right. And that was his last fight, wasn't it? Yes. It was. Now let's see though, not that these two guys are super comparable, but how many strikes did Mosvidal land in that fight? He landed 67 significant strikes and that went 25 minutes. Um, I think Colby will be hard to hit also. He's so he moves. He is. He's, he's very kinetic. Who do we think wins this fight separately from this pick? I, I feel like I'm undervaluing Edwards. Like I, I kind of mm. do actually think Edwards wins this fight, but it will be a really hard victory, and I don't think he's gonna land that many strikes. Yeah, uh, I, I lean him. towards I lean towards Leon just Why? because of how much improvement he's shown in his last two fights against Kamaru. He's- He's a guy who, guys. who at that point in time was certainly better than Colby. Well, yeah, he was he yes. was yeah. decidedly better than Colby. It, oh, yeah, indisputably better than Colby. Yeah. He beat him twice. So yes. and you take that Nate Diaz fight out, and he fought Bilal, which I mean was an eye poke in the second round, but he won mm-hmm. the first. Rafael Dos Anjos is never a joke. His job is to fight whoever the hardest fighters are and lose. Mm-hmm. Gunnar and Nelson. Yeah. He beat Cerrone, another kickboxer. Barbarena was tough during this time a few years ago. Brian Barbarena's tough anytime. So like I feel like I feel like Leon has fought better guys than Colby has. He's um, fought similar guys. No, I think Colby's fought better guys top to bottom. Really? Yeah, Colby, I mean 
we're talking like prime Kamaru, better Tyron Woodley, um, 2019 Robbie Lawler that he fought Dos Anjos as well, Damian Maya, someone Ma, he also fought Barbaran in, in 16, Max Griffin, Warley Alves, even though he lost that fight. So I don't know. It's. He I did. Mean, and Leon fought Prime Camaro. Leon, Leon lost to him. Yeah. The first time they fought. Yeah. Leon but, is an elite striker. Colby is an elite grappler. And I think Leon knows how to beat elite grapplers now. Well, he's shown us that Leaking. is the case. Okay. I, I actually still like the under on significant strikes. But I I kind of I kind of like Colby here, and if I was just betting the fight, give me Colby at plus one thirty. Yeah, I think that's a good bet to take. It's it's the value for sure because he could put him down on the ground and control him for five rounds, like a la Chael Son and Anderson Silva won, and then just not get submitted at the end and win a boring, grindy, messy fight that leaves everyone pissed off now that he's the champ and won't fight again for a year. Like, that's what I see happening. But that lends to the less on fantasy score or significant strikes. The problem is with his takedown defense, that's like a weird exploitable score at six points each because you could rack up three of those in like 90 seconds, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you're 25% of the way to that, to that fantasy score. But you know what you're not doing if you're defending a takedown? Striking. Landing significant yeah. strikes. That's, that's a good point, yeah. So, I mean, I was initially on this less, but now I'm kind of on this less. Significant yeah, I strikes? Like, I like strikes less. Yeah. That, that's, where I'm, that's where I'm at. I do too. Well, then we have our picks. picks. So let's recap them. The first fight on our picks is Irene Aldana. Yes, and we made that last minute because we during did. the show, friend of the show, guest of the show, I mean, come on the show anytime you want. Let me know that Ian Gary pulled out of the fight with Vicente Luque, so we didn't take that. We put in Irene Aldana instead, and she's going to yep. get less than 84 fantasy score, like you said. But is likely to win the fight. Yeah. Likely to win. Yeah. Bryce Mitchell, also on the prelims, is not going to hit Josh Emmett significantly 38 times. <laughs> Though I we do agree. think he is going to win. Yes. He could win, and if he does win, it's going to be in epic submission fashion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm 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 really still I'm I'm in for the bet, but I think the I think Jeff Emmett is Josh Emmett's gonna catch him. I think I think Josh Emmett is gonna put him away. But still less on the strikes. Then we get Patty Pimblett, the baddie. He's going to get. I have another opinion on this 100.5 number. Perfect. Well, we we did choose that it will be less than that. No, it, my opinion on it further supports the idea that it's going to be less. Patty is the public guy, right? The public number. They're like, oh, cool. He's definitely going to fuck up Tony Ferguson. Get, go with the more. And I don't know that he is. That's true. There might be a lot of people jumping on a mm-hmm. more for this, assuming he'll fuck Tony up. Yep. But Tony is durable. I mean, that knockout of Michael Chandler, I wouldn't let that ruin it. That was Patty's second not round. Doing that to him. No, he's not. Cool. You know what you know what Michael Chandler would do to Patty Pimblett if they fought? <laughs> Make a very talk about a guy who doesn't balloon up to fucking three hundred pounds. Yeah, right. Um yeah, keep going. 
Who's going to talk about the animal hat wearing motherfucker? <laughs> Ryan, who'd we pick for this one? <laughs> oh, I mean, of course we picked Shavkat because he wears the pelts of animals that he murders on his head. <laughs> yeah, we and picked he's going to win. We're just curious on how he's going to win. Yeah. And that's we don't why think we... he, he reaches that lofty fantasy score number. Yep. He's going to get less than 111.5 fantasy points. Yeah. Does he finish it? We, we didn't decide. Aaron, you think maybe late, maybe late. I, I think this is either going to be a late finish or this is going to be Shavkat's first decision victory. Part of me thinks even 14 minutes with Shavkat is a lot like 45 minutes with a lot of other guys. Yeah. Uh, hey, it, it may make him even more of a scary opponent in the welterweight division for what we don't know about him, which is cardio and what he does in the face of adversity. So yep. it could be an even bigger revelation for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. How how annoying would it be if Ian Gary or sorry, if. Shavkat Rachmanov destroys Stephen Thompson with incredibly impressive grappling and striking, and then Colby grinds out a boring ass decision win, and then it's like, okay, now we have the top contenders here, and he's there is and we have to win a here. real chance that exact thing happens. So I'm so worried about it. Careful it, what you wish for. Yeah, and I think like if if that happened and Colby had an injury or something they would need to do an interim it would and be I love interim versus Bilal it would be Shavkat versus Bilal that's a fun fight that's and a that's fun a, fight really and is. and I'm sorry to tell you Bilal I just think in the rip current of MMA life you were just you were just caught under it and the timing just didn't go for you which may also be the case for Colby but before that Alex Pantoja is gonna take Brandon Hoyval down at least three times so go Probably. up the more there Yep. Yep. That's what we're thinking. Pantoja, more than two takedowns. Get it. And the main. Get it, girl. The main event. Leon. Leon, uh, I don't think we all decided on who was going to win or not. I think Leon wins. However, his time is going to be spent in, in good fashion defending takedowns. And what do we say when you're defending takedowns? You're not throwing punches. You're not you're not getting significant strikes. And if he does, this could totally be like a Camaro Edwards two. Where or a Silva Son in one, where we get a lot of wrestling dominance from Colby and he gets finished late by being tired and slowing down a tiny, tiny bit, and Leon lands a head kick. He's going to throw so many head kicks, and he's going to go low first. He's going to chop the legs to try and slow the takedowns, and then he's going to switch it and go high. It's just a matter of when and if Colby's ready for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but he's going to do it in under 76 and a half strikes. <laughs> There's no way this is a rain of significant strikes from Leon. Hey, he could he could also catch he could also catch Colby and still be far under that 76 and a half. 
Yeah. yeah. And he Colby probably is 36. <laughs> yeah. Damn, he is 36, huh? 36. How old is Leon? Well, 38? He's 32. He's younger than me now. So really, Leon Edwards is only 32? Yeah. He's got that bald spot. You wouldn't think he was 32. I have my whole head is a bald spot. Thank you for mentioning it. <laughs> yeah, but you don't look 32. You look 32. He he looks. I don't think I look 32, but as soon as I get my cold punch up and working, I'm going to look 32. So thank you for mentioning it. I think you look 32. You guys ever do a cold plunge? Uh, I have never done a cold plunge. All right. You can come over and use it as soon as I get it all set up. Hell yeah. So we're going to place these picks. We're going to play them. We're playing them. We're oh, playing no. Them. I got to update the app. Oh, it played it. It played yeah, it. It'll it play it, it, but you got to update the app. It played it. Oh, this was a fun episode. Wait, what? New projection types, demons and goblins find red demons for a shot at a bigger payouts up to 100x? What the fuck is this? And did you see the thing they're doing for Christmas? I've seen yes. a couple. Where yeah. they're basically like, hey, if Kevin Durant scores a yep. point. <laughs> Which, yeah. Based on go. everything I know, Kevin Durant at over a half a point is a really safe bet. So. Did you see that the Washington D.C. basketball team and mm-hmm. hockey team are both moving to Virginia? To yeah, Alexandria? but they'll still be the Washington. They'll just play slightly outside the area. That's very common. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like the Jets and Giants both play in Jersey. That that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about this ticket. But I'm glad we played it together. I'm glad we played it together, too. What do we take it out on? Well, we got to win this last card, so we need some good juju. Uh, It's Hanukkah. That involves Yeah, happy Hanukkah. So maybe, maybe, um, maybe that's what we take it out on. Happy Hanukkah? Yeah. Happy Hanukkah 2024. 2024. Violence really does bring people together. Yeah.